0: Welcome, everyone, to the Fader Connections Path of Exile Community Podcast, episode number 56. We're two weeks into the 3.15 expedition expansion of Path of Exile. We're all very hyped to talk about our experiences so far. And today I welcome Tenki, who is an inspirational uh, YouTuber, analytically minded, with a lot of content around Path of Exile, but not only with that, Um, or not exclusive to Path of Exile. We got Shaq Central, the creator of the Vortex for Everyone build guide that is very, very popular with new players and explains a lot of mechanics. And uh, then, of course, we're also joined, as usual, by Balor Mage, who represents our average softcore blaster and who's probably got a lot to to talk about. uh, Because last time we talked, uh, Balor told us about his instacking league start that didn't go (laughs) that well. And uh, no, I'm about- curious I'm curious to hear what, what greener pastures you uh, you went to after that.
1: Never heard of it stacking what? I <laughs> don't, don't know what you mean. God, that was bad. I rerolled. I'm a forbidden right totem build now. It's absolutely fantastic. I should have league started as this. It's probably one of the it's probably the best league start you could possibly have picked.
2: And also, I'd say, probably one of the top three builds that exist right now. I don't know in what order, but I, I, I bet it was in the top three. Um, I also, interestingly, opened up POE Ninja and looked at the top 25 Forbidden Right Totem builds, and all of them were wrong. So, <laughs> that was upsetting. Um,
1: So I made, like, a 25-minute YouTube video, and this is the third time I recorded it, trying to get its time down, going over all the common mistakes, why they're mistakes, and why my way of doing it is the right way, and, like, with actual examples and, like, showing people the differences and stuff. And so that's, like, 25 minutes long, and that should come out sometime tonight. But I'm hoping that... I've decided to just turn notifications off on that, because I know I'm just going to get hate on it. But now a lot of people are going to be playing it, and they're going to watch it and get help. So that's, that's the goal, and I'm just not reading the comments section. I'll just, I'll just hope that people like it.
0: <laughs> uh, what was the, the title of the... I don't have it up right now, a YouTube channel, but what was the title of the Thumb for Forbidden Ride? It was like 14 million DPS on a 10x budget or something like that?
1: Uh, 15x budget, it was.
2: That was the starter version. I'm way deeper into it now, forty-five X or something. Yeah, was solid. That I was I'm just like going to say. I just watched mil. that yesterday. It yeah, solid. Yeah, I put a bunch more into it since then. Um, yeah, I think I think I'm I think I'm at like twenty-five mil. Um, but
1: I'm about to put in a second cluster setup, which should should push it up. I haven't path the building of what the second cluster setup will look like yet. But the points I'm losing are basically
2: wasted points anyway. So it it'll earn to go up.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh Shaq, do you want to tell us a little bit about your league start to uh, catch everyone up on what you've been up to?
3: Uh sure. So I, I don't think anyone is surprised, but I uh league started with um with well, I, I actually changed the title of the guide from from Vortex to Cold Dot just because we lost so much damage that it became pretty clear, um, running like a, a dual body armor, like dual five link with vortex and creeping frost was like way more damage, like crazy more damage. So, uh, that's what I, I did. Mm-hmm. I started with the kind of the updated cold version, and it was, it was insane. Like it usually is like, it's just, it's still really, really strong, but it's taken a lot of work to get to that point. Um, so I'm, I'm actually just kind of at the end of the, well, kind of at the, I'll be doing serious, Awakener eight tomorrow and transitioning into solo cell phone, which is where I intended to start. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, the build was as good in trade league as it was before, or at least as viable as it was before. So yeah, it was, it was really strong. I actually went low life in act nine. I found a Solaris Lorica in, uh, i just randomly on the ground and just kind of as a joke, I was like, all right, well, I'll just go low life now and don't do that. Uh, it was really fun. <laughs> like I've, I, it kinda worked just because I've been playing Vortex for so long, but I went into act nine, I swapped to low life, I had like nine hundred ES and I was basically just running around like in like a madman for a while. It was really fun. But don't do that. Yeah. I, I never actually went to CI at all like,
0: with like nine yeah, hundred.
3: Yeah, I never went to CI at all. I, I went from like uh, two thousand life to nine hundred ES and just never looked back that sounds horrible it was pretty
4: fun That sounds a bit like how i leveled where it's just like you know i'm gonna keep clicking damage nodes for a Mm -hmm. while when it gets to be a problem it'll be a problem chat don't do this don't just click damage nodes while you're leveling until like act nine what what did you leak start as, tanky i leak started as toxic rain raider because it was the least nerfed build and I didn't want to risk a new skill. If I had started a new skill, it was either going to be Forbidden Right or Eye of Winter. And I just didn't want a Crackling Lance situation or a Lancing Steel situation where the skill's just unusable, bugged garbage, because that kills my motivation Which for the league. Fair, tr- fair chance. Could have happened. Yep. So I picked Toxic Rain. It was the least nerfed skill I could think of. And it did exactly what it would say on the box. Super smooth league start. Went into maps, kept pushing in maps, did everything I wanted, was great for farming logbooks, did logbook bosses, did Cirrus, Maven. Uh, Don't necessarily do Feared on it. Haven't done it yet. Wouldn't particularly advise it, but it's not really meant for that without expensive gear anyway.
2: Feared is good, but it's not. Like, it's the last two points. It's not. It doesn't matter if your league start can't do Feared. Yeah, that's, and I mean, I did Hidden. Yeah, that's pretty good. You really only need to be able to do three of them, I think. Like, if you if you can get three sets of center passives out of your league start, then that's good enough. Like, you're not at too much of a disadvantage. But yeah. Fucking Toxic Rain. Have you re-rolled since then? Nope. Are you still playing Toxic Rain?
4: I just finished the gear minus the chess piece, which I'm just too lazy to fix because it's not really a problem and it's very expensive to fix. And so I'm going to be re-rolling after this. I actually just today finished the editing for the build guide. So that'll be up tomorrow and then I'll be re-rolling into something. But for the first time in a very long time, I don't have a clear plan of what I want to re-roll to because there's so many good things that I could play. And that's a problem.
1: Do a a 10, 5, 3, 1 with chat. You pick 10 things you want, you have them pick five, and then you pick three out of that, and then you have them pick the last one. And then you play whatever it ends on.
4: Oh, I don't trust that. They'll always pick the worst (laughs) options. Right,
1: but (laughs) you get control. You get to pick the 10 first options. And then out of the five they give you back, you get to pick three, and then they get to pick one. Right? So you're in a decent amount of control
4: there. That's true. I'm just not sure I can think of. Hmm. I have to block. I mean, you don't have to stick to those numbers either. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of a way that doesn't end in chat, trying to pick the thing I'm least excited about, because I feel like that's what they're going to do.
1: Don't tell them which one you're least excited about. Be equally excited about all (laughs) of them when you present them. (laughs) It's all about the bamboozle. Don't let them know where the weakness is.
0: (laughs) Or or just reverse your reaction, right? Like pretend that you're more excited about things than you are. That's true. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Just to quickly fill you in on what I did, I don't know whether you've been following at all what I'm playing. I basically started, as always, HTSSF. I really wanted to play HT Trade, but then there was this challenge... Called out by uh, Steel, Noogie, Rise, uh, Zizeroon, and Quinn, and Mathel to to play HCSSF no logout. And stupid as I am, uh, I jumped on the train and I learned that I'm a very incompetent player without logout macro. And playing with logout macro for years has just bred some very very unhealthy behaviors of using movement skills offensively, of um, of relying too much on movement skills and generally getting myself into situations that would get me killed where only Logout macro would have saved me. So I did spend my first week re-rolling quite a bit and losing a lot of the leveling gear that I got from early gambles with Gwennon and, and from drops and stuff like that. But I did also play a healthy selection of builds. I, I started with Bane Blight Occultist. It was really fun. Bane still very, very powerful. Uh, the, the more multiplier on Bane f- that you get from curses applied with Bane, I feel, mm-hmm. didn't get nerfed as much as other more multipliers from gems, so it's still really, really nice to apply, like, two or three curses with Bane directly, and then, obviously, uh, Occultist has been buffed a couple of leagues ago to get 40% chance to explode on cursed enemies instead of just 25 and that is just incredibly good with, with Bane, it was... It's, it's such a solid league starter. You just breeze through the acts, and uh, obviously later on you you have to six-link your Blight in order to keep doing bosses and stuff, but it was really, really comfortable and was looking forward to playing the build a while, but died with it, then played a little bit of Seismic Trap on Saboteur, which I'm also looking forward to returning because Seismic Trap is incredibly powerful. Talked about it at length with Tarky cat who's, uh, who's the trap expert in Path of Exile, or one of the trap experts, and... Uh, he, he's been on the Seismic Trapper for a while. But yeah, since I, I died a couple of times, I went back to Occultist and full circle back to Cold Dot because it's just, it's so powerful. It's so nice to chill everything. And uh, I think I'm level 91 now and get like Awakener level 3, 12 Watchstones, uh, slowly but surely getting all my uh, invitations done and building my Atlas. Obviously a lot slower in hcssf especially with the one week of dying almost every day but um or oh, i also played a healthy amount of a Real last weekend didn't get into a Real this weekend yet but looking forward to doing that at a time where i think more in prime time when we get more players and the matches fill up faster um but yeah that, that's basically my first two weeks but i feel like on this last character that's still alive I did get a lot of uh, experience in with the the league mechanic, some logbooks, some yeah, just overall feeling of how the game feels right now. And uh, I agree with the the double five link. I actually opted to not play Vortex at all, and because all the cold dot builds I played were always Vortex and Cold Snap, yep. and now that the Bone Chill interaction got removed so you can't scale your offense and defense at the same time with bone chill where the the chill effect would increase the cold damage over time taken on enemies i i just uh yeah give me a second beller i'm just gonna finish that thought um (laughs) i i i I just was like okay then then cold snap is not the buff skill anymore but it's like one of my main damage outputs and just doing cold snap and creeping frost in the sixth link and completely omitted vortex because vortex without astral projector is like a melee range skill so i Obviously HCSSF. Kinda of wanna avoid standing next to those sure. hard hitting monsters, especially in times where our access to physical damage reduction has been significantly nerfed. But uh, Balor, what do you want to throw in?
1: Uh, they reverted that.
2: They reverted that uh, they Shield reverted hypothermia.
1: No, <laughs> uh, bone chill now works on your second apparently. Hmm? Let me double check in game, but I'm no, I do not think I don't
0: think, just... think bone bone chill still increases cold damage over time taken.
1: I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it does uh, because what? I saw Hold someone on. who was using it and I told them off for it and then they were like no they reverted that change look
3: but I no. never actually went well, I mean, into the game to check I mean Shaq would know yeah so, they lowered yeah they, they lowered the um what they lowered on Bone Chill was they, they well they dropped the more cold damage quite a bit I'm it's all running together so I gotta I gotta check I don't know any more than anyone anymore it's all it's all completely run together for me.
1: Yes, enemies chilled, chilled by supported skills. Have
0: enemies. their cold damage taken increased by chill effect, but no longer have their cold damage yeah. over time
2: increased by chill cold effect. Cold damage is cold damage over time. That still works. Why did it have both lines before then? I can't remember. So that cold that dot skills works. benefit twice. It still is a good support,
0: don't get me wrong. It it has supported skills deal more cold damage, which applies. But I think cold damage taken doesn't I'm not sure about about that. Well I have to check it. But uh Yeah, my, my own only argumentation was like I'm not running cold snap anymore in a four-link with bone chill to to buff all the other cold damage, but I'm just running it at the same time. Creeping frost. I might have to look into that, though. Maybe I misunderstood that completely. I, wonder well, I think if in the
1: original patch notes, it, it just lost that line entirely. So it yeah. only worked to the skill it was linked to. You couldn't use it in support things. And I remember because in my Spectre build, I would have to pull it out of um, Skitterbots. Skitterbots Bonechill wasn't going to do anything anymore. Uh, but then it got reverted. They were like, oh, okay, fair enough. And they changed it back. So now Bonechill is back in my Spectre build.
3: Yeah, so it's now, it's now their um, the enemies chilled by supported skills increase uh, the damage they take by chill effect. It's not, um, it's not a flat amount anymore. It's by, it's, it mm-hmm. scales off your, your, your effect of chill. Well, I, I thought that's what it always it did. It removed off I might be running those together. Hold on. This is, this is what I'm talking about being too early for me. <laughs> my my hmm. brain hasn't switched on yet. Yeah, the patch notes said they no longer has enemies chilled uh, by supported skills take increased cold damage over time or enemies in the chilling areas. Uh, my gem in-game reads, yeah, enemies chilled by supported skills increase cold oh, damage yeah. taken by see, chill effect. Yeah.
0: Oh. Yep. Oh, then I misunderstood that chance. Oh, I just changed. Right. Then I have to see whether I should work that in. Maybe it's still better than what I'm currently using. So that, that gives me some useful input how to still improve my build. But overall, I feel it's, it's been still very, very good just because of the yep. um, nature of cold damage over time, chilling everything, reducing action speed. I'm Tri-Curse now. Uh,
3: Are you using those ass and ass you found?
0: No, because I value Enfeeble oh. more than Temp Chains, and I really yep. didn't want to give up either Offensive Curse. I want elemental weakness and frostbite. I, I really need the damage, and then I'm just running and feeble uh, in the of storms. Got of storms curse on hit, Ellie weakness and feeble, and I got a frostbite ring. And the frostbite ring is so massive. I really undervalued it before. I was like, well, my of storms is hitting everything and cursing. It's it's fine. It enables <laughs> profane bloom just fine it doesn't it doesn't even compare it's so good now for delving or for clearing the expeditions with the global curse on hit because not only do all cold damage over time skills except for Winter-type brand, have a hit portion. So when I cast Cold Snap or Creeping Frost on a pack, every monster that gets hit by the hit portion is also automatically cursed. But also the Profane Bloom explosions themselves are hits. They're neither spell damage nor attack damage, but they are hits made by your character, so they also curse on hit. And enable the explosions themselves in in turn. And it's... Man, it's so good. I I really didn't think it was that good without a lot of generic damage scaling. And in a cold damage over time build, obviously, as opposed to the chaos damage over time build, you don't get a lot of damage scaling that affects the explosions. But yeah, very, very happy with the Profane Bloom. I may just stick with that for, for a long time. Well, maybe if I go CI, I'll go with a different Ascendancy setup. But I feel like I talked like a whole lot time about my build now. Uh, does anyone want to add anything? Does anyone want to hook into something that we said? Or do we want to use the good segue of me not knowing at all what Bonechill did in order to, to <laughs> say that there's been a lot of revisions and a lot of changes to this league at, like since the patch notes came out? And it's really, really hard to keep an overview with, with everything of what exactly works how. How do you guys feel about that? That GGG apparently changed the policy on keeping changes to the league as minimal as possible, and they're really going in there and making adjustments in these first two weeks very rapidly. Shaq, well, you see, you look like you have something to say. Oh, oh, oh
3: no, whatever. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, I mean, in in general, it's like we know there's a certain amount of like quality of life stuff that tends to come out in the first few weeks. Like we we know we're kind of like the end testers of league mechanics, so stuff like the uh, like instilling orb they talked about being added to the crafting bench, um, the vendor or the the expedition vendor currencies showing up later. Like those are things that we kind of expect, but. The amount of buffing and changes they've had to do with things like Reaper and Absolution. Um, the mana walkback in particular is just... It's really rough. It, it makes it really, really hard on... Us, like, on particularly new players or anyone who was finally tuning their mana already. Um, or people who just want to start with new skills. like Reaper and Absolution, to me, were legitimately the two coolest previewed skills. And they were just unplayable. Like they were really, really bad. So, spoiler, it,
1: they're still trash.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They have, they, they, buff. it's amazing to be able to buff something by like four 400% and have it still be <laughs> now, now it's, it's upgraded from unplayable to borderline unplayable. So, it's, yeah. it's rough. I mean,
4: that's the difference between a numerical flawless skill and a mechanical one. Absolution, they just needed, they didn't, I mean, the damage helps, but they didn't need to fix it by just adding damage. They needed to change the line that says, unique to mm-hmm. rare and unique. And that would have gone a massive way to fixing the skill.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, that's a one-line change that if they did that now, it would suddenly be a playable
2: good skill, yep. and I would probably roll one this league. If they just put in that one line. Yep. As far as Reaper goes, though, there's
1: no saving that. That <sighs> needs a mechanical rework. It's actually trash. He, the, the thing is, before the league started... I many, 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 many times told people, do not under any circumstance start Reaper. It is trash. And everyone was like, but it looks so cool. And I was like, I agree. That is the coolest looking minion we have ever had. I love minions. I play minions almost every league. Wish I did it this league. Different story. Um, (laughs) I play minions almost every league. I love them. That's a trash skill. That is is an absolute trash skill. Don't touch it with a 10-foot pole. They could give it another 10,000 more damage, and I still wouldn't
0: want to play it. I mean, I think it was borderline playable. Ventura rolled it three times in HTSSF and did really seem to like it, even though it was slightly underperforming. But, I mean, you wouldn't roll the build three times in a row
2: if, you, if it was garbage. It's, it's, at best, it's a backup minion for a temporary minion build.
1: If you're like phantasms or summon skeletons, something like that, or like exploding SRS things, whatever they call those.
4: Oh, These that go boom, damage on exploding SRS. Well, they don't eat that often. No, no. Uh, the life and damage penalty and their damage scales. Oh, ooh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. It would absolutely cripple exploding SRS.
1: Yeah, okay. Not that one. Not that one. The other ones. <laughs> yeah,
4: the you're other right. ones...
1: Uh, yeah. I mean... Like, uh, like, maybe. And this is like an at best. This is like me stretching to find yeah. a way to use it.
4: Uh, but th- the real answer is just don't. Yeah, I mean, the problem with Reaper <laughs> is, it does not do enough damage across a wide enough area to replace any other well-invested minion. But it automatically ruins those well-invested minions that you're using alongside it. <laughs>
2: For, for it to be a solo minion, I need... I want to say if I had five of them that did half the damage each, then I could maybe look at you playing it. If there were five of them and they all did half the damage that the one does now, then I could look at it. I don't know if it would be, would be good, but I could look at it then. Like That would be reasonable. But that's all slightly off topic. From
1: how do we feel about all of the buffs they've thrown in when they don't normally buff things?
0: Yeah. Well, that they don't and normally in general. Do buff the, or nerfs. In general, the far-reaching changes. I mean, not only did they backpedal on mana and uh, and uh, buff skills that were underperforming, but they also. Um, they also changed the, how the flasks work. They are changing the instilling and enkindling orb drop rates. Mm-hmm. They're changing it so that the um, the instilling and They added the recipe to change the two into each other, and they're also adding, I think, a benchcraft is the plan, yep. so you can force certain instilling orb mods instead of having to gamble them on your flask, which I think is great, but I don't understand why that wasn't implemented in the right. first place, because these these... Crafts or these trigger conditions are build enabling in some way and having them gated behind pure RNG feels bad, especially for HCSSF or SSF in general, where you can't trade for them.
4: So I think it was inevitable that we were going to see a lot of changes this league, just because so much had changed with the game and that's going to need rebalancing. I know there's going to be some argument for it should have been tested more thoroughly. And yes, that is an argument that can be made, but there's no amount of thorough testing that can equate to live gameplay with hundreds of thousands of people. And so as a result, there's going to be a lot of change regardless of anything. In terms of specific things, skill buffs, I think it's a side effect of 19 new skills. I don't really think we should see 19 new skills. It really feels like... They wanted to get one out for each Ascendancy, and it's the same effect as when a content creator tries to make a build for every Ascendancy at League Start. A few of them at the end are just kind of shit because you had to make 19 of them. In terms of the instilling orbs and all that, as someone who plays Trade League, I didn't think it was too bad to have triggers tied to a specific thing just because I wouldn't roll you know, my Quicksilver of Adrenaline to a specific trigger. I would roll... 8 Quicksilver Flasks, and then make the best one, a Quicksilver of Adrenaline, and sell all the others, and I broke even or profited slightly, even counting the time it took me. For Solo Self-Found, yeah, that sucks, and the changes are going to improve it. I don't mind at all, but they did all of those changes. The skill things, none of it affected me personally. Do I think they needed to? Probably not. They probably could have just left the bad skills bad, the broken gems broken and just sat on it until the next league.
2: I think I think I disagree. Go for it. I disagree. I think I disagree. I think that what you're describing
1: is is probably what they should have done because it's what they've always done. It's been the status quo, right? Is we just don't we don't really balance and touch stuff. But I don't think that should be the status quo. I think they should be way quicker about it and I think they should buff the new skills if they're underperforming immediately. And I think we should. it should be so reliable that if I pick a new build and it is terrible, I can expect that the Monday after League launch, there's going to be some tweaks to that to make it better because it's trash and it shouldn't have been. It's brand new. I don't think we should be forcing people to play terrible skills or re-roll or change their plan because they picked a new thing that was released. You should be able to pick the new thing that's released. I should be able to go that's new, it looks fun, I'm going to league start it, and I should feel good about that decision. And it should at least work. It doesn't have to be the best thing in the game, but it has to be good enough to do well. And I think they should start doing that more often. I don't like that they took the mana back, though. Um, I I think it was a good change, but I think it was a good change that should have happened next league because it really screws people who have, like, Really worked on their builds to fix mana. Everyone knew mana was going to be an issue. Everyone was really invested in how am I going to maintain this mana cost? What am I going to do about it? And frankly, it wasn't that bad to begin with, except for things like Slinger, which got murdered, but is now fine again. Um, Herald of
0: Agony, Juggernaut.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Thing, thing, things with reservations, but those were all. I don't know. I don't think those should have been. I don't think those should have been changed back at least at least for this league, if not at all. I think by the end of this league, everyone would just be used to it and it would be fine. Uh, flasks, I don't know how a single person... I, I don't know how a single one person that knows anything about the game at all tested the new Flasks with a one-second duration and went, yeah, that's fine. I don't know how a single... You can't get through Act 1 and tell me you didn't know one second was not going to be enough to be immune-freeze.
4: Oh, I can answer that. They played Toxic Rain Raider and they just didn't notice the flash changes just for the first, you know, ten acts.
3: Or they were an like, occultist. I missed the whole freeze panic completely. I, I I looked at uh the feedback after like the opening weekend. I was expecting everyone to freak out about corrupted blood, and I ho- heard all this free stuff that I just don't no even one can identify get with. Corrupted
1: blood. They were frozen the whole time. Yep. That's
3: true.
1: <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, they I didn't just make like, it
4: to the CB monsters. <laughs> I was just like, wait, what's What's the complaints about freeze? Why are people getting frozen? I've never gotten frozen.
1: Legend, legend has it up until that patch there were still some just people in the docks just stuck there frozen. Like it just it couldn't... It's ridiculous. Uh, that getting changed to four seconds, as far as I'm concerned, fixed flasks. Flasks now feel fantastic. In fact, I will go as far as to say, and have done on many occasions... Flasks are buffed now from last league. Flasks are in a much better state. They're much stronger and they're automated and my hands are loving it. I don't even know if I need new gloves after this. Agreed. Flasks they're- are massively buffed, way yeah. stronger than they've ever
4: been. Yeah. They are the best that they have ever been in my experience. And my,
3: my actual biggest yeah. issue so far this league has been readjusting my muscle memory to not piano as much as I used to. <laughs> I'm i can't still my, doing it. My fingers don't work anymore. Like I, it's it's insane. Um, I'm still doing it, and I don't need to. They're all automatic. I need to stop.
4: (laughs) If you have good automatic triggers, just unkeybind those spots.
3: I might might actually do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I I do agree. Uh, The mana one is the most obvious one to me because that's not something that they needed. like. Their um their wording in the patch notes were literally word for word they said we're making this change or that we're doing a partial revert based on feedback and data. They had all of that before league launch. Like I understand that like POB is not their software, but they had actual like you can put the changes in the POB and say, "Hey, this is super harsh or this build is completely dead now. These things are unplayable." The amount of feedback they got from the league itself was not that was not all that they needed to make the change like they had all that feedback way ahead of league launch so the mana thing is really frustrating um like i said my perspective is always trying to help new players out especially and combined with having a couple of new skills that didn't work at the beginning then making the changes to mana i feel like as a new player in particular would just leave you in a spot where you're like what what am i supposed to do now like especially having multiple skills that were bad. Like it would be one thing if one out of the nineteen gems didn't work, but they have you know it, you could have people literally that started with Reaper, had mana issues and had skill issues and then go, oh fine, okay, I'll just go and play absolution. That person is never coming back to the game. So <laughs> this is also yeah. trash. Damn it. Yeah. So the mana one in particular is something where I feel like the the reasoning they had for the change didn't line up with reality because they had all that data before.
4: I'm gonna disagree here. I'm going to disagree because there have been plenty of builds that I have modeled in P.O.B. that have had unforeseen mana issues, or plenty of builds where I thought mana would be a problem, that in-game with the playstyle, the amount of actual activations per second where I'm paying the mana cost of a skill, it's no big deal at all. So I don't think there are good tools to model mana usage outside of actually just playing the builds. Now. Was there enough data from internal testing for them to play a large enough variety of builds? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know how big their testing team is. I just don't feel that you can use Pob to model mana expenditure across a lot of builds. There's some but yeah, you're going to spend X amount, like Cyclone. You're either Cycloning or you're dead. You're going to spend that amount of mana always. But there's other things, like even my Toxic Rain Ballista Raider. My mana expenditure is sometimes so low that... I don't need to worry about even using a Mana Flask with just a couple of minus eight crafts on my rings. And at other times, so high that my Mana Flask can barely keep up.
3: Yeah, that, that's fair. There, there was one aspect. Uh, I will say the first thing that I did this league when I got through the queue, hit the login menu, I went right into my standard character and into Blood Aqueducts because we actually did not have a 100% definitive answer on if you were using Stormbrand and Hex Touch, would it cost mana every single time Stormbrand hit for everyone that got cursed so we were freaking out about that and someone brought that up about 20 minutes before launch and I was freaking out so the first thing I did was go into standard (laughs) took my occultist into blood aqueducts and I was like very cautiously storm putting Stormbrand on the first pack of mobs and when my mana didn't fluctuate immediately we were all just celebrating Uh I was like okay we can leak start so
4: (laughs) yeah Hexhatch didn't get a modifier I don't think
3: uh yeah. So yeah, it doesn't it doesn't cost uh, mana as part because it has the trigger tag, and that's why we were concerned about it. Yeah, yeah. we were um, thinking yeah.
1: like Spell Slinger or anything else. You might have yeah. to pay for the cost of the curse every yeah. single time it was triggered. Exactly, it would be
3: very rough. That would on be very multiple. Rough. Yeah, on AOE for like multiple mobs. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that would yeah. kill. That would kill any version of you. Just wouldn't be hex on No, no. You just
3: no. I would have to partly. rework it completely to blasphemy, yeah. Yeah.
0: I didn't even even realize that
3: happened. I didn't even realize (laughs) that
0: it had the trigger tag hex touch. Yeah, I
3: I found that out in queue, and it was a very stressful twenty minutes.
0: (laughs) 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 But yeah, I quickly want to want to talk on the changes, give my insight on that, or my my perspective, and um, I think it's a very complex issue. It's like
2: I can't really condone or. Or uh, what's the other word?
0: Condemn or condemn? Exactly. Thank you. Uh, either way, like I. On the one hand, I think that buffing skills a couple of days into the league and changing mana stuff kind of devalues the accomplishment of people who jumped off of those builds and and vendored off or sold off their gear and went into a different build just to see the skill buff the very next day. And I was like, okay, well, I could have played the build. Well, I guess in case of Absolution, that's not the case. But uh, in the same way with the the mana changes, right? You put in a lot of time to overcome the mana problems that are built by the new situation that I, you know, and then all of a sudden it gets completely alleviated. Like all the support gems lose like 10% mana multiplier. And I was I was really having a great time overcoming that struggle with the mana. I do realize it's different from build to build. Like some builds, like Tenki said, do need to cast their skills a lot. Others only need to cast them a couple of, every couple of seconds. And so I think maybe for, for some builds it was too harsh, but the, the league starter that I picked, it was a fair challenge to overcome. to to make the mana work out and I really felt not so great about them going back on the mana changes but uh, I will say that I do prefer them going in and making adjustments where there need to be adjustments over keeping the league in a bad state for the entire duration of the league like if I have the choice between keeping a broken state and making adjustments then I'll take the adjustments but Personally, of course, I would prefer if, if the state of the release was sufficiently good that we don't need a lot of adjustments. But um, yeah, it, it maybe it's utopic and maybe I'm just clinging on to that old GGG philosophy of not making too many changes during the League. Because honestly, I think that's also kind of the reason why we don't see League Start races anymore. I remember like with big boss releases and stuff like that, Zizarin would always organize these big funded uh, races with, with cash prices and other prices and i feel like they moved completely away from that just because the the state on release can you can never know from beforehand whether it's a good state or not and whether it's fair to people so i and we've always felt like lead releases in general are sort of like a beta test right they roll out the leak and they see how it goes and and then make adjustments based on that and yeah if, if that's the future if that's the way that we go now i i I'm happy that the league events that are like private leagues and, and organized races that people put a lot of work into benefit from the, the public beta test, let's say quote unquote that happens on league launch. And then the adjustments being made for an overall better state of the game for those, uh, for those races and big events. So yeah, like I said, I can't really, I can't really be too positive or too negative either way. There's this different.
1: Would you feel better about it? If you reliably knew every league that, say, the first day after the weekend, like the Monday back at work, if the new skills were underperforming, they would get buffs that day. If you knew that was coming,
0: yeah, I I feel it was going to
1: come every time. You would, would you feel better about it then?
0: Yeah, if there was like a deadline, say the first one or first two weeks of a league are, we know that there's heavy adjustments, but then at a certain point, there's like a cutoff, and like this is. How the league is, and we're not going to make any changes beyond that. So that people who want to participate in the big public beta test are aware of heavy changes being made within that period of time, and the people who are like, okay, I want to play the league when it's polished and when it's when it's ready, and when there's not a lot of changes being made because I don't want to get screwed over by by my OP skill getting nerfed or my. Um... See, last good example. Last uh, week we had Tarky Cat and Grimrow on and Tarky Cat was boasting about how great it is uh, with the seismic trap alt quality gem. I don't know whether you remember, where they <laughs> yep. they forgot to adjust the alt quality <laughs> bonus, which gave a penalty on cast speed, but cast speed didn't mm-hmm. do anything for seismic trap. So you would just get one hundred percent increased damage for free. And then in the patch yesterday or the day before that, they just changed that to actually nah. give get a malice on throwing speed. So they basically that absolutely should not have happened. Yeah, exactly. They basically just fucked the old quality gem and made it significantly worse than it was, and I don't know how I feel about that, because it's, it's unpredictable. People paid a lot of money for that too. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. they were like, Pog, it's like a week into the league, it hasn't been changed, it, they forgot it, I've got it for this league, and so the price of that went way up, and some people spent what, to them, was a very large amount of their currency to get this 100% damage increase, and then Patch Note just kills it, and now the gem's worth nothing. I'm like, yeah. that's rough. Like, it doesn't matter to me, but that's, that's rough if you're one of them.
4: Yeah, that's one of those cases where if there's going to be more mid-league buffing and nerfing, it needs to be consistent. If everyone knew, all right, the first two weeks of a the league, they're going to be buffing and nerfing random things, then cool. Random skills get buffed, random skills get nerfed, your skill might be worse or better by the end of it. If that's not going to happen, if they keep doing things the way they have been in the past, it really should only be to address bugs. So, in the case of the alt-quality seismic trap, that shouldn't have been changed. Absolution, I mean, arguably, there might have been a bug where the multiplier wasn't applied. Some people were talking about that. That was also subjective player experience, could be completely incorrect. So, that one's a little more open for debate. But if they stick to not announcing and having no s- cycle for it, definitely keep it to fixing bugs, not improving or nerfing.
2: I, as as Catmaster mentioned it with a cut-off date, now I also want a cut-off date. I want there to be like... I, I want
1: the first day after the weekend, like Monday anything that needs numerical tweaks on any of the new skills anything that's underperforming fucking up instantly and if it's super overperforming you can tune it down then too we should expect we, i want that to be like something we expect to happen every league start that monday all the new skills tweaked up or tweaked down to be in a decent spot yeah,
5: and then that'd I be want great that,
1: then i want like that next 2 weeks to fix any balance issues that you've got anything weird that's happened and then just that's it that's how long you've gone and now this is the state of things not that you can't still do updates not that you can't still do things like you know in metamorph league changing organs to be auto pickup like that kind of change could still happen afterwards right like putting the the currency in the vendor window like those sort of things those can still happen afterwards but like game balance decisions having a cutoff and being very active about doing it early inside that window To make as many people have usable, fun things to play as quick as possible. But then
2: knowing that at the end of this time, that's what it will be. I think that would be really, really good. I guess it's just we're
0: in a weird time where this is the first league where they're making so many changes and adjustments within the first two weeks. And... All like no one knows what to expect whether there's going to be another wave of big changes next week or whether we're done now and I just for future leagues it would be great to know what to expect like you said I, I just want to know yeah. when it, what is going to happen what can I expect because like you said most people probably didn't expect that seismic trap
2: alt quality gem to be changed at all this league no I
0: definitely didn't
2: Yeah,
4: yeah but at all the right. same time Sorry, no, no please, this? I wanted to change the topic, but if you have something on this topic, please. Yeah, at the same time, I don't want to see a situation where they stop working on the League mechanic, because we had things like Synthesis and Heist that took over a month to get to a decent place. So for skills, definitely in favor of a cutoff date. For League mechanic, keep working on it. I don't care if it's one day before the end of a League, if you can improve it, keep working on it unless you're taking it out.
2: That's fair. That's fair. I'm mostly more concerned about the, the actual
1: balance of skills. Like, I just, I just, I just hate this idea that less experienced people start with a new skill and it takes yeah. them four days to get to maps and they just don't know. And then by the time they get there, the skill doesn't even function anymore and they just can't play the game and they can't kill bosses and they can't kill map bosses and they can't clear maps and they've got everything set up right. And they started with this new exciting thing and it's never going to be good no matter how much they invest in it it's always going to be trash and that just that almost breaks my heart like it's it's a terrible feel like that <laughs> i just really want those fixed and i want them fixed quickly That's
3: yeah so I, I don't know what i don't know what you can have that would be a higher priority than here's our shiny new thing here's the thing that both new players and veterans are most excited about is the new skills like that to me is legitimately number one concern in terms of balance and enjoyment of a league should be making sure those are extremely playable.
2: Yeah, g- good point also. Like, they did in the past
0: say that they don't make mid-league changes lightly, and yeah, now they, now they change it rapidly but on on more specific on the changes uh, i feel like we could talk a little bit more extensively about the flasks because the power level of utility flasks uh, outside of of course being able to apply trigger conditions and the enkindling orbs and stuff like that the overall power level of um, utility flasks has been brought down but life and mana flasks have barely been touched so relatively they're more powerful did that change I, I'm sure it did, but did that change how you approach your flask setup? Maybe it would be cool if we could just, like, everyone go quickly over the flask setup that they're running right now. Beller. But what are you doing it, with your flask? Exact, exactly what I was doing before.
1: I'm in a mom build, so I have a mana flask this time. Otherwise, it's one life flask, four utility flasks, and I just fundamentally disagree that they're weaker. What are life flasks? They're just weaker early game. No, they're, they're, I, honest, they're honestly, numerically Honestly, the numerically. that I have. It annoys me that I have a life last on. don't get me wrong. I had also Same. my next build ain't using one. but, but no, they're, they're numerically weaker, sure, on paper, but in practice they're all way stronger than they used to be. Your uptime is now more than it used to be. your hands don't hurt anymore. that um, you have 100 percent uptime without fail while mapping. on any build uh, it's just. With no, no gaps. Like, they're so much stronger, man. They're just so much better. You just you craft every utility flask with trigger wind full. And then you just unbind them from your key and you just go mapping. And they're up 100% of the time. It's insane. I, that's
0: what I've got. I just, utility flasks, trigger wind full, go. I really like it, the trigger full. Yeah, please check. It's so good.
3: Even the um, even the quality of life that uh, so what I was expecting was uh, an issue where when you first load into a map and you got all your traps or all your flasks to trigger when full, I was expecting the second you move in a map for them to all go off, and they don't even do that. They wait until you hit an enemy and then they go off. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, um, it's
1: so good. They don't even yes. wa- when you're running back and looting. They don't just yeah. waste charges because they exactly. happen to be full. Like they just wait. Uh,
4: yeah, they're, they're so awesome. good. Yeah. Flasks? If you look at certain flasks, yes, they're weaker. Diamond flask is weaker, Bottle faith is weaker. Even the flasks that are weaker, you're going to use them in the same builds anyway, because they are still insanely powerful. You're still going to use a bottled faith in any build if you have a bottled faith. It's just that good. So, not having to hit your bottled faith, or if you really like hitting your flasks, using an kindling orb, and hitting it And now all of a sudden it's better than it ever was because it makes things take, you know, 18% increased damage. They're just improved overall. A lot of the numerical increases were to counteract the fact that in kindling, apparently I can't pronounce it, but in kindling orbs, I'm going to blame the fact that it's 5 a.m., now exist. And you get more consistent uptime with instilling orbs because even with that muscle memory of piano, you're not really able to piano perfectly you're overusing and underusing
3: the only big casualty from my perspective was um cinder swallow for for us it's like actually not it, it can't gain charges enough to use it anymore so um i ended up swapping that out actually for an overflowing chalice which gives me even better uptime because uh cold dot is not the fastest clearing build so uh, I wanted a sulfur anyway, and basically just running Rumi's three of the flasks we used to run and uh, an overflowing chalice. And it's just—it's ridiculous. It's so good. Hmm.
0: It's interesting that the opinions differ so much on that. I feel like chat is uh, is pretty much of the opposite opinion that flasks are in a in a bad state. At least I've seen some comments uh- there.
1: I was of that opinion, to be fair, until just like a few days ago when I finally actually got around to using the new tools they gave us for flasks.
0: Are you using any unique flasks, though?
1: Oh, yeah. I am. Yeah. Okay.
0: Because unique flasks using have, two, have yeah. been
3: brought down so hard. Yeah, I'm using nah, two nah. as well. It's in the case that... So, Rumi's is a great example where there's no, there's no amount they can bring it down to where it's worse than a granite flask anyway it's it's still giving you block plus the granite mm-hmm. base and so it's still going to be like even at 4 to 6% spell block that's just a granite flask with 4 to 6% spell block like it's just better um it, i will say for a while uh the bec- until i had a corrupting blood jewel i had four flasks with staunching on it uh so some of the mods especially before they before they increased it to the 4% immunity that um or for four second immunity sorry, that was kind of a weird time, but as soon as you get all the flasks on use when full or use when an adjacent flask is used, um, then it starts to feel incredible. But I do think that was that was why uh, the vendor recipe or the sorry the crafting bench um, method for instilling orbs was was so needed because they were absolutely right, where if you have a certain amount like if you have five instilling orbs, you can't really roll your flask with confidence, because yes. there are ways that you could roll it where it ends up straight up worse than before, and that was the real issue, so.
1: I needed 50 to roll four flasks. Yep. To what I needed them to be, and many of those trigger conditions would make my flasks significantly worse, if it wasn't the okay. correct ones. Yep. Now, I'm in trade, so I was just able to be like, I'll just buy 50. Well, in this case, it was the first time I'd used them, and I hadn't touched them all league, so I had like 75 just sitting in my stash. But... Right. If you're in solo cell found, you're like oh I've got 11. Like yep. You you're risking being able to roll one flask to be useful and you could end on something that's worse than not having an enchant on it for you in that build.
3: So you definitely are going to need those specific targets. Like and the range was huge. The first the f- it took me 22 instilling orbs to hit my first one full flask and then it and then I hit three more in the next five. So the range was way too big. <laughs> Yo. Yeah.
4: yeah. For me, I don't remember how many instilling orbs I spent because I just did the method of for the non unique flask that I used, or the non unique flask at this point, which was my Quicksilver. I just rolled a bunch of my 10 Quicksilvers and I just go down the line. And eventually I got a use win full. I sold a bunch of the others. I made a net profit. Then for the unique ones, I did go after specific mods trigger when you take a savage hit for both my forbidden taste and my taste of hate. The main idea there is I get hit, I heal to full, and I get a defensive bonus. It's not perfect, but it works pretty well, and it means I don't have to hit my flasks, which is important.
1: I'm I'm actually going to probably play a minor this league, which I haven't played a minor in years because my hands hurt from pressing too many buttons in this goddamn game. But now that I don't have to use flasks at all and they just get used i don't know. i can probably play a minor
0: be fine. i really i really like how they did their own p o e fitting style of the the flask macro implementation that we asked for on our podcast episode last week, which we did with project pt and it's Yogi where where we said maybe all the big streamers should just you know use a flask macro and and just they can't ban us all. <laughs> that, that was a really fun idea, but I, I've, I'm happy that we didn't have to do that and that we got an in-game implementation of something that solves that problem without exactly doing it the way that we asked for, but making it something very, very PoE-like. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure whether it's, it's going to stay like this. I don't, I'm not sure whether the state is perfect and whether... I think there should be some adjustments still made. But personally for my flask setup, I uh I feel like yeah, you on the one hand you're right, utility flasks are still super strong and also unique flasks because if everything is taken down massively in power and they they're all just competing for the same flask slots, they're still really good. But I do feel that life flasks are way better than they used to be before. So I'm in endgame right now, and especially with Basalt Flasks being useless for non armor stacking builds now, I'm actually running three Utility Flasks and two Instant Life Flasks. Where I think one of my Instant Life Flasks is a shock remove, one is a poison remove, and then mm. my Utility Flasks is a uh, shock remove Quicksilver, because I just wanna have two shock removes for when the one is not there. Because sometimes you end up without flask charges on one of the two, and then you get hit for a big chunk that shocks you, and then subsequent hits would be much more scary. So, really want to emphasize the shock remove. And since I don't need freeze and chill remove as a cultist, uh, Shaq knows what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, right. yeah, then I, I just—I really I don't even know what life flasks
3: sure. are to be honest. I haven't used <laughs> a life flask after Act Nine in uh, probably two years.
1: <laughs> I usually drop my life flask like I don't know day three. Mm-hmm. ish like i've usually got it for a little bit until my build gets rolling it really depends bad. on the
0: build if you have other ways to recover your life sure drop it but in cold.occultist yeah. while i'm life-based there's no right. reason to drop my life flasks and also and like, i heard yesterday build, yesterday, yesterday no steelmage was doing uh doing maven hcssf no logout and steelmage was running two quicksilver flasks and three life flasks
5: mm.
0: for that fight which uh, I haven't looked into exactly yeah. how he did it, but I think he, what people said in chat was he was um, using the Rislatha Pantheon where you get flask charges for your life flasks if you haven't life flasked recently. So obviously <laughs> if you're looking to not log out and you're doing a boss fight that takes very long, it makes yep. sense to use that Pantheon and a lot of life flasks because that just so, allows you to use them a lot.
1: So what he's done there is he's greatly increased the length of the fight he's going to be in. Mm-hmm. Because losing his utility flask has made him significantly weaker and do much less damage. But as long as you're a skilled enough player you've made it a shitload safer, right? Yep.
3: That's that's (laughs) always been his whole thing. But it's safer.
1: For me... I'm Pepega as shit. I am not a good player. <laughs> Having a longer fight, no matter how many life flasks I bring with me, I'm still going to die. I'm going to get hit by stuff. I'm bad. The safety that I need is 22 million damage so that it dies immediately because I can't dodge shit.
4: <laughs> I, I can dodge, but I've only properly done Maven once to this day. All the rest, I say, you know what? I hate the fight. I do it once a league. I'm just going to die to not have to have a memory game in the last phase.
2: Yeah, That's fair. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, I was I
0: was in the middle of explaining my class setup. I was quickly going to go over the rest of it. So, like I said, two two life Uh, instant both, one bubbling, one seething, and one with shock, one with poison, then a shock remove quicksilver, which I use manually, no trigger condition on that one, and then I got a, a jade flask, perpetual, that is used when charges are full, and removes curses. So that, that goes off, like Balor says, pretty much all the time, 100% uptime, even without me touching it. But because it's a Jade Flask and not the nerfed Stipnite, which I was using before, but Stipnite they brought up from 10 out of 30 charges used uh, to 40 out of 60, which is like, what? That's like the Salt Flask are, and that really feels bad, man. But Again, what I wanted to say is, with with 30 out of 60, when it's automatically used, when charges read full, even when it's automatically used, I still always have one use that I can use manually if I have to remove a curse. And then I'm using a quartz flask of staunching, which is automatically used when I start bleeding. Same story again, 30 out of 60, so most of the time I also get to use it manually if I feel the need to, because used when start bleeding doesn't trigger on corrupted blood, because corrupted blood doesn't count as a bleed anymore.
5: But, no yeah.
0: are you kidding what the yep. enchant
1: doesn't stop for corrupting blood
4: you didn't know no, that it's not corrupted no. blood is not bleeding anymore oh my god it's why you just have to have a corrupted blood jewel in your build
3: yeah yeah so It'll- uh cat master what do you what is, what is your approach been for um maps that roll curses on them
0: <laughs> I roll over them okay <laughs> I, I don't I... run vulnerability to be fair though they did nerf it so that that mass, uh, maps don't have increased effect right. anymore so if you run a weakness map that literally only reduces your uh, resists by 20% right so it's not that bad to be overcapped for weakness maps uh and feeble maps and temp chains maps are not hurting you as much anymore. And Vuln maps in theory also don't hurt you as much anymore, but I really don't like vulnerability yeah. seeing that we don't have access to easy um fist damage reduction yeah. via basalt flask anymore. So I just skip it's over just them the bleed and I right? Yeah the bleed yeah, chance yeah it's like vulnerability makes
3: chance.
1: everybody hit you bleed I and mean, just nope. I-
3: in Ritual League was the only league I've ever played hardcore SSF the whole way through, and that was the highest level character I've ever had, was a level 94 champ, and I died to vulnerability. Nice. I bled out in like half a second. It was horrible.
0: Yeah, I think early Ritual I also died. I was a gladiator, and I just run and ran into a pack, What was cursed with vulnerability from the map. Everything hit me, and I started bleeding, and I ran away because I was like, yeah, I, oh yeah. shit, panicking, and That's, then running with the bleed and instantly dying.
3: It was my first tier 16 and uh, I went into Wasteland map, and the map boss Vol, he'd smack me with his shield, and I started bleeding, and I ran away because it was the boss, and I died in like half a second. It was awful.
2: Yeah. Yep. yep. Vulnerability on maps, yeah, never again. Not even once. <laughs> but other
0: than that, I think map curses are pretty tame now. Mm-hmm. I'm, actually, I'm actually more scared about the occasional curse from like a hex font monster, or from like yep. a a tormented spirit that does the curses or like just sea witches or whatever because those have actually more effect mm-hmm. than uh, than the map curses now
3: but removing uh removing silence from hex font was huge for our build i can't silence is like my number one most annoying thing i've ever come across in poe so that was a big yeah, change it also
0: devalues a little bit the the immune to silence corrupt on jewels though that, that one is not as valuable anymore, but then there's still the Tormented Spirit that I think also still curses silence. And obviously there's the boxes that can silence you. Right? Yep. I think yep. strong boxes that cast a random curse can still cast silence. So, yep. Yeah.
1: yep. And still some mobs that silence. Two kinds. Can't remember what they are. Mm, I don't, I don't they know. They
0: mentioned
4: them. I'll remember when I next play a caster build that doesn't have at series or
1: Viridi's. Well no, I'm confused. I'm just, just immune to curses. That's Yeah. <laughs> just every build is just gonna be immune to curses, so I'm done.
0: I mean You're using Adziri's maybe- shield or
1: uh, my first build was using the Adziri Shield, my second build is using Viridi's Verida helmet and a magic ring.
3: Yep.
4: Probably when I next league start a caster is when I'm going to find out what silence does.
3: Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's not fun.
0: I just I realized the after saying that the, that CB is not a bleed anymore. I was, I was bra- like, not bragging, but like I was talking about how great it is to have item level 85 jewelry basis because item level 85 rings can be corrupted or um, cannot be inflicted with bleeding. I just realized that doesn't do anything against CB anymore. That was so yep. good, but now, now you still need... If you have that, you still need the CB Jewel. And yeah, I ripped my up? only CB Jewel.
2: <laughs> ah, sorry.
0: No, I was done. I was just going to mourn the loss of my CB Jewel <laughs> that I put onto my Seismic Trapper and then went to die like two maps after in a Burning
4: Rage trial. That <laughs> is unfortunate, but it feels to me like the change from Corrupting Blood being a bleed to it being a non-bleed physical dot was solely from a corrupting fever skill, and in Mm -hmm. terms of monsters using it, it has been nothing but problematic because everything in the game now that says bleed should say bleed and corrupted blood. And it doesn't, and there's so many things that don't, and all of them are bad, and it makes it a miserable experience. That needs to either be normalized, or it just needs to be a bleed again, or it just needs to be removed entirely. One of those three.
2: I'm, I'll, I'll agree with all of that. Yeah. Anyone want, still want to go over their, their flask setups? I'm
0: not sure whether everyone has done that. Is there any insightful, meaningful differences to how Balor and I set ourselves up? Because I think that was pretty different. Like Balor is so doing it exactly the same way last league. I'm using more life flasks for sure because I just like having them around. But any, any, anything that you think is important to say on
4: that? Uh, I think the trigger on full, really, really good. Trigger on savage hit, in certain cases, downright mm. broken. That's the really big takeaway from all the changes. Trigger on savage hit, downright broken for certain interactions.
1: <coughs> certain quartz flask.
4: <clears throat> also, word flasks. It's very, very dumb on word builds with the Ulrif flask or Orloff or something. I can't remember the name
3: yeah right. i have I have been using just a basic ward flask and it's that's actually been really nice it's kind of like getting a like a quarter of a steel skin buff um so i i added that in it's in place of my basalt flask and it's functioned as basically maybe maybe slightly less mitigation than the old basalt flask but it, it's really nice to just periodically get that extra and i rolled it for rune flaring so i think when it goes off i have about 250 ward um which has felt really nice while mapping
0: all right, that, that's the final verdict on Flasks. Then uh, I, I just realized we're already halfway through the podcast, should we talk a little bit about the Expedition League? How rewarding did you find the league mechanics so far? What what, uh, what do you feel is, is worth doing? A lot of people feel it's not as good as previous leagues, which may be in part because it's, a lot of the reward from the league comes from the interactions with the vendors rather than as direct drops and the league doesn't spawn as many monsters. But uh, yeah, without, without wanting to put words into your mouth, what do you feel about the league mechanic? Shaq, do you want to start?
3: Sure. Yeah. I, people have accused me of being like, uh, not genuine with my opinions, but I, I, I have the most fun I've ever had all the time. I love, Pretty much every league, I hated Synthesis with a passion, but that was a whole separate thing. I've loved this league in terms of both, like the actual rewards and how much fun it's been. Um, the logbooks are insanely valuable, and we've gone through this with like multiple of the last, the majority of the last five or six leagues has been the opening weekend. People are freaking out because they say it's not valuable when they haven't even done the content. Like you have people in Act Eight or Act Nine being like, the league content is not rewarding. And then within two days, you have people putting out videos like, uh, yeah, you can make like an exalt every logbook you do. And it's just... It's That's profit if you buy them, not sure. not running yeah. the ones that you've got. It's 1x yeah. profit if yeah. you buy them. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's just, it, it's I've found it extremely rewarding. Um, even if you just, even if you don't want to run the lead content itself, I literally bought my six link shafts just by selling the expedition currency that I had in the locker. Like I just went in and I had uh, between the rerolls from Danig and Tujin and, and a couple logbooks, sold them and bought the six link shafts. Like it's, I was gonna say you hopefully didn't
0: didn't didn't sell your Tujen currency.
3: Oh no 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 I, I well I sold uh, just a little bit of I got a couple of exalts from actually rerolling him and then I was getting close to the to the six link that I wanted and I was like let's just let's just finish it out. So I found it to be both fun and extremely rewarding. So.
0: Yeah, that's a fair fair assessment. I think Tanky did a video on on 2-gen haggling uh,
4: where a large profit was made. Yes. When I did it, I was making 6x an hour over 200 rerolls. That said, some people in the comments have said it got nerfed when they upped the drop rate of the fragments. Other people have said it got nerfed because prices shifted. I'm hearing different things all the time. It may not be exactly 6x an hour, it also might be more than 6x an hour. I don't know. You'll have to do it for yourself. Either way, it's probably still extremely profitable. And that's not even counting the profit I made from logbooks, where I mentioned yeah. earlier to Ballard that I sold 2,000 fuses at once. Those 2,000 fuses were from doing about 50 logbooks, all of which were Black Scythe then rolling Tuchin for the rest of the currency and buying all of the fusings (laughs) and jewelers from him. And I got 10x in just
2: fusings. Jesus, wait. Wait, just 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 to quickly pedal back on that, while you were doing the video,
0: you were in my chat and you said something like you bought bought re-roll currency and artifacts for like
4: 15x and you ended up with like 31x in total? I think it was... 18 and 31 or something, but yeah, I'd have to look back at the math on the video.
0: That's an insane return, like, even if even if factoring in the time investment, yeah,
2: I've made a horrible mistake. (laughs) What did you do? I just then, for the first time, looked up the price of fuses.
1: (laughs) I'm broke and I've been using them, they're so expensive. (laughs) I've linked nothing. I spent oh. at least three or four thousand fuses.
4: Oh, oh no. no. It's <laughs> so okay. Here's what you do you have all that Tujin currency. You take that, and you oh, buy no. all of these fusings and jewelers. <laughs> oh. And that should solve your problems. Okay. I put
0: off, like, oh man, I had Tujin offer me a prime resonator a couple of days ago. I was like, okay, that's so many grand or grand artifacts that I need. I don't have them all, but I'm going to wait. But I didn't realize that when you make an offer on it, that that counts. Like I thought that the offers are counted consecutively when you do them in a row but that it would reset when i come back so every time i checked the price again and i'd use the slider and i was like okay that's how many i have like as long as it stays the normal color before it gets red then you know okay that's more than i have and i've would always made the minimum offer because i've heard that on really expensive stuff sometimes he gives you the item below 50 percent if you just you know try and so i i didn't do consecutive offers, but like on several occasions after doing a couple of maps, I went in there and made one offer and then eventually he just was like, nah, fuck you.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And the Prime Resonator was gone and now I'm super, super uh, sad. In my testing, I found that it is better most of the time to offer about 60% of an item's value because he's most likely to accept around 60%. Sometimes, yeah, you'll save a bit of money on an expensive item but it's not worth a risk because in my testing, I lost an exalt to that. Don't worry, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm see, not I have an exalt in my it.
0: window right now, and I'm not mm. going to lose that. I yeah. didn't make a single yeah. offer on that. I'm saving up for it because I've only dropped one ex so far. X drops seem to be really yeah, rare in this too. league, at least for me. And and I've have, I, but I have one in my tujin right now, and I have one in a ritual that that I deferred that I'm waiting
4: for. So mm. soon, soon I'm going to be rich. I. Uh, Definitely haven't noticed X drops being rare, but that might be just a side effect of map juicing and logbooks. books. Yeah.
0: No, I also maybe just my personal experience, like, don't have a big enough sample size. I just normally in the first two weeks, I have more X than I had now.
2: But yeah, you know, sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. Great. Yep. But Balor, uh, how, how do you find the leap mechanic?
0: you engage with it on a regular basis? Do you feel you're every rewarded sufficiently? Every, every time now. Every map now. You, I, because at you the beginning of the fields. league, I
1: skipped them. Not for like the first few days, but like three days in when I was running like tier 16 maps and I was juicing and I had an buff beside me. Trash, they dropped nothing. Wasn't worth picking up. Wasn't worth doing at all.
2: Now, every time. Mm. Every single time. Every map. Every map, excited about it. Probably the most... I think... I think it's the most fun I've had interacting with a League mechanic. Not, not... I'm not
1: talking about, like, the League mechanic reward or reward structure. I just mean the way you interact with the League. This is the most fun I've had since Synthesis. That was the last time there was a good League interaction. Not... Not reward structure. Very different things. Like, obviously, the reward structure is much worse than Ritual was or even Ultimatum. Uh, Worse in the way that we get less. Not worse in the way that I actually like this one more. But we get rewarded less, which is good because those rewards were too high, but that's a different discussion. Um, But, yeah, just, just in the way you actually interact with the Lee, what you do, I feel like I make choices now. Um, I have to pay attention to them. Those are meaningful choices that matter. If you don't read and you hit immune to chaos and you're playing Forbidden Right, you're screwed.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're playing a low-life build and you take the 20% things, you just die when something breathes in the direction of where you used to be.
3: I don't want um, to talk about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like so these are these are these are like real decisions. And I don't know, I just, I feel like it's the the most fun I've had interacting with a League mechanic. I, I kind of feel like that particular portion of it kind of been nailed. L- few little bugs that they could work out, like, you know, there's areas in the ground where I clearly should be able to place an explosive yeah. where I cannot place an explosive and that's real annoying. Um, but, you know, just generally speaking, I actually really like it.
4: Yeah, I would even go so far as to say this is one of the best league mechanics that I've seen in the past several years. Top three for sure in my opinion as well. You want to elaborate on that? So, I'm going to break it down into three ways. The first is can you get rewards from it if you don't choose to engage with it on a deep level in Trade League? The answer is yes. Really? Uh, I'm going to disagree with you there. (laughs) Because... You can sell the currency to people who want to engage with it. You don't have to engage with it on a deep level. You can just get all the drops in your map, sell them, and move on with your day. True. Yeah. Second layer is, does it give you meaningful choices and levels of engagement? Absolutely yes. This is Choice League. You get to choose more things than really any League mechanic I can think of in recent history or maybe ever minus... I don't want to count things like harvest and synthesis with various crafting elements, but minus stuff like that, the actual mechanics of engaging with a league, the closest we've had is betrayal, and I think this beats that. The third thing is logbooks. They are what blighted maps should have been to begin with. They are great. I do think the chests are maybe a little weaker than they should be relative to runic monster stuff. Stack runic monster bonuses, you get generally way more rewards. But they're still great overall and you can still go for runic monsters and be like oh i'm gonna move my explosive three inches to the left because i want to hit that good chest while also getting these runic monsters over here while also hitting that remnant so you're still making choices and you're still getting rewarded for it
3: yeah i so in terms of the first of all the low life remnant was so rewarding to figure this is this is a great example to me of how a league mechanic can be punishing in a positive way. So I, the first time that I ever saw it, I, I didn't even know that it was on the map because it's not highlighted in yellow. The only thing that I was yep. looking at was immune to cold. So all of a sudden I'm running a map and it, there was a court, the expedition was like in the corner of a map. So I'm running it and I would come around the corner and I died instantly. I'm like, okay, weird. I don't know what that was. So I, I get back in and I run the corner and I die instantly. And I blow, like, four portals on it, and I'm like, there's something in that corner that's bugged. (laughs) And it happens again in another map where I'm dying instantly, and I thought it was bugged. And then all of a sudden I realized, like, yeah, I should probably read these occasionally. So I see the calling Strike, and the way that my low-life setup is, I end up with, like, 17 or 18% life uh, unreserved. So I'm just Mm -hmm. under the threshold, and what we ended up doing was I just moved a 50% aura out of Prism Guardian and put in Discipline as 35%, and it brought Mm -hmm. me to, like, 22% life but then that meant I had less mana unreserved, so it be, it became this like tiered thing of like making that that was to me so rewarding because some people like in my Discord they were freaking out they were like this is the worst I can't play the league anymore I'm done with it this I can't go low life and that was to me a great example of I can just fix my problems incrementally and then I'm in a place where that's not really fun um, and I as much as I don't like immunities. Uh, I really like the fact that old league mechanics can be placed inside of the area of the expeditions. So, like, you can get uh, like your legion encounters, or even your masters will will spawn like within the the little ground range of the explosives. I had one where I accidentally triggered immune to cold purely by accident. I didn't watch my placement, so I had monsters running around that I could not kill. But in the middle of the expedition zone was the Zana mission that I had triggered for my map. So I'm trying to kite this entire pack of, like, 100 monsters around in a circle, <laughs> just going in and diving one at a time to read the maps that Zana's offering, and then dash out of the area, and it was <laughs> stupid, but it was so much fun, just trying to get into the Zana mission without dying. So I, I just had a ton of fun with, like, every aspect of it.
1: Uh, we did we did the same thing on, like, day two, by the way, with that, yeah. because I yep. started with an Aurabot, and he just... You know, like, by day two, we had him relatively geared. Like, he was pretty tanky. Mm. He wasn't dying. We couldn't do super juice yet. So, he's an aura body. He's nearly immortal. And then just splat, splat, splat. <laughs> what the hell? What is going on? <laughs> and it took us, like, four or five maps to realize there was even mm. a coal mob. Yep. <laughs> and then we did the same thing. We re- readjusted all of his auras. Had to move, like, six different auras around to be with different places in the gear and everything but he fixed it on his own and just yeah. got himself to 21 percent life yep and, and he's like okay right now i've nailed it <laughs> and then he went back in and he's like i'm taking this cull box if this culls me i quit <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and it didn't cull him we're fine and that I-, I don't know that felt really good that was fun That was a fun interaction to overcome you just yeah, exactly. go up to 21 percent
3: life now I will yep. say, I think I think we're going to talk specifically about Logbooks, but just to add in something I forgot to say, Logbooks, I think, are legitimately my favorite league-specific thing they've ever added to the game. Just, just flat out. This is really fun. It's incredible.
4: Yeah, I forgot to map for a few days, because I was just buying Logbooks and running them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> forgot to map. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah I, I think it... Ta- it, it
0: Ticks every box of what a good league is supposed to be. Maybe it could be a little bit more on the crafting side of things, but it does have a crafting aspect with ROG. Um, I, I think the mechanic itself, I think we, we already talked about that a lot, is incredibly fun, is engaging, it combines great aspect of uh, of previous leagues, where you have the the choice, what do I free, what do I want to risk, like similar to Legion. Then you have a little bit of infrastructure placement, similar to Harvest or Blight, where you have little min maxing like on the grid and and, uh, like tanky said, can I get that remnant? Can I get that box? Can I get the runic monsters? And there's so many different ways how you could even approach the average, the average encounter in maps. And also depending on the map layout, they work out very differently. And, um, And in logbooks, you have even more choices. I've seen people run around for minutes before even placing a single explosive, just getting an overview of what do I have on this in terms of remnants and runic monsters. What is the best path that I can do? And uh, yeah, so it's a great mechanic itself. Then on top of that, you got the crafting aspect, you got the endgame aspect, and you got bosses. It's just... It's a blast, and I'm looking forward to playing this for a couple of weeks more at the very least, but I'm probably going to play this league for the entire duration because there's just so much to, to do, I feel. And with uh, the overall progression being slowed down a little bit because of the power level that we lost, I, I think, especially in HCSSF, I'm going to be busy the entire league getting a grasp. And of course, there's all the private leagues coming up that are yep. going to be that are going to be fun little restarts and, and challenges in itself in themselves. So yeah, that, that would be my opinion on the topic. But uh, yeah, like, should we move into logbooks? How do you approach your average logbook? Like uh, just when you drop the logbook, like a logbook has two or three different locations to choose from or up to four, I believe. I'm not sure whether it's maximum three or four. And what, what, how do you pick them? What
4: is your, your average approach? If it has only one Order of the Sun or Black Scythe, I do that automatically because the others aren't very rewarding. Order of the Sun is Danic and Black Scythe is... uh, Tujin. Tujin, right. Yep. So if it's one of those two and none of the others, or all of the others, I should say, auto-pick. If there's more options than that, let's say it's two Black Scythe, then it gets really interesting because I want to get as many bonuses for Runic Monster Markers or Runic Monsters, or Explosive Placement Range, or Explosive Placement Radius, or additional suffixes on Remnants as I can. And then there's a lot of different little, well, do I want this one or that ones? Yeah, but so, so Runic Monsters is
0: a priority over everything. I think a lot of people yep. approach the leak mechanic, even in maps, a little bit wrong, or potentially wrong, and feel that it's less rewarding because of that. It's important that... You know that runic monsters are way more valuable than opening the chests, especially in maps. In logbooks, you get the league-specific chests with the league-specific rewards, which is a topic in its own that we're going to talk about. But um, but uh, the runic monsters are the those are the ones that drop the logbooks. So if you're feeling like you're not getting any logbooks, go for the runic monster markers in maps, and and obviously for the remnant that says increased quantity of logbooks. Even though, like, yeah. On on that note.
1: Yeah. That exact note. I know it seems like I'm putting a tinfoil hat on when I say this. Maybe other people have the same feeling. I feel like that increased logbook remnant is still bugged and actually gives you reduced logbooks. Because if you take them every single time, you get almost no logbooks. And if you literally ignore them and don't take them, you get a logbook every few maps. And I mean, like, Easy, easy, I could run 48 maps without a single logbook, intentionally planning them out and taking the logbook thing and then the the runic monsters. But as soon as I started blatantly ignoring them and not picking them up at all and just going for runic monsters, I now get a logbook every four or five maps.
4: I think that might just be you, because I definitely get a lot of logbooks and I always prioritize that mod. Maybe maybe it's just, but it was like, it was like over days, like over days.
3: Yeah, I've, w- when there's been, I just have been prioritizing like the increased uh, quantity of drops from runic monsters, and it seemed like it's been a fair amount, and I have, I've stopped kind of going out of my way to pick up the logbook one, because again, I have a personal, extremely small sample size, so I'm sure that there's, like you said, it's probably more tinfoil than anything else, but it makes me feel good when one drops and I haven't targeted the, the logbook mod, so... Yeah, that's what I've
1: been I, doing. Chat seems to mostly think it's just me getting screwed. So <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe yeah. it is. But either way, I'm now doing the log me- league mechanic way faster because I'm not reading it anymore. I'm not looking for logbooks, and I'm getting way more
5: logbooks. So, <laughs> Hey,
0: I think it's just like a lot of times you wouldn't have dropped a logbook either way, and then getting the the remnant doesn't make a difference but it def- there is probably situations where you get the remnant you get a logbook that you wouldn't have gotten if you wouldn't have gotten the remnant but you never know obviously uh, i don't think i've had a single expedition drop me two logbooks yet maybe one but it's definitely not something that happens frequently it's like I, I've one every three. couple of maps three
1: yeah but only when i stopped
4: only once i stopped taking the drop logbooks remnant i wonder maybe you not reading and not taking the logbook remnant leads to you getting more quant bonuses and more runic monsters, so you end up with more logbooks that way.
1: But, like, like the, the logbook thing isn't necessarily broken, just that quantity and rarity and just more of them is just a better
4: way to do it anyway. Yeah.
1: And I've uh, just, since I've stopped, I'm just, by default, getting more of the other shit?
4: Yeah, quant and pack size. Uh, rarity yep. shouldn't affect it at all. In rarity theory. should mean that you might drop a magic or rare logbook, but it should not increase your number of yeah. logbooks dropped.
1: Yeah, 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 fair. But yeah, maybe, maybe that's what's happening. Maybe the pack size and rarity and not rare quantity stuff is just better than the logbook remnant, and I'm just taking them now because I I now hate the logbook remnant. I think it's scamming me as bullshit. That's a remnant that says you will not get a logbook this map. That's what that is as far as I'm concerned. I
0: think if you're not sacrificing a pack size or a quantity one for getting the logbook, then it's fine to get it on top, but you shouldn't prioritize the logbook remnant over the ones that give pack size and quantity because those obviously scale all the other rewards that you can be getting as well.
3: Yeah, I think in particular, if it takes you more than one, uh, more than one explosive to reach the logbook one, that's just an explosive that could be placed for quantity or pack size too. Like if it's outside that yeah. initial radius,
0: or more runic monster markers. Yeah. yeah, sometimes can be hard to get all the runic monster markers, and uh, especially the indoor maps, like something like haunted mansion or so, where y- like, you have to go back and forth in like these small yeah. little hallways and. The- it doesn't feel good at all, but it feels so good in, in like Arid Lake or some open maps where you can literally rain freely with your explosive placements.
1: So, so would you guys say that it would be the right thing to do if you were in a situation where you can't get, you could, if you choose to try and get all the runic monsters, you get no remnants on the way because of the way they're placed. You get no remnants, but you could pick up all the runic monsters while inside a map. Would that be the way you'd do it, or would you still try and pick up remnants first and then go for some, some runic monsters, being that in that case you would miss some runic monsters that were at the end, because you no longer have enough explosives?
0: I feel like it's really hard to pick up all the runic monsters while missing all the remnants, like, but just, th- there might be situations
3: in, in where theory, that's possible.
4: Depends on the mods.
3: Right. If you get yeah, if you get a hundred percent increased quantity from runic monsters, then you only have to hit half of them to make it just as just as much stuff.
1: Well, presumably that's additive with yeah. map bonuses. Yeah. So if you've got hundred and twelve quant already. Yeah.
2: Then hundred percent is only a third. Yeah. But hmm. that's also just an assumption. I don't even know. I don't even know for sure that quantity on map affects
1: them. I, I feel like it does, but all I've got to back that up is I feel like I get more shit in the higher rolled maps.
0: Well, it should, right? That, that's how quantity yep. on maps works. It also scales regular map drops, and I, I think it should also scale logbooks and pretty much anything that ruining monsters drop. I, I would think. But it hasn't always done that to everything. So. Yeah, true. Like, it's, uh, it's not always <laughs> the case what logic dictates. <laughs> but moving back to the, the logbooks specifically, what do you feel is especially juicy when you're doing a logbook expedition after you picked the priority NPC and the priority layouts? or wh- Which logbook layouts do you prefer over others? Is there any... Uh, I, I, <laughs> the other day I got one, <laughs> when I saw that for the first time, one of the layouts is called Scrublands, and I was like, yay, chat, I'm going home! <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, like, w- w- is there any, any layouts that you feel are better than other ones, specifically?
4: The outdoor ones tend to be way better, because the indoor ones, it can be really hard to get to the runic monsters, and also the remnants. There's just so much junk in the way, and I've noticed there are really weird patterns on especially the spider lair one, I forget what it's called,
5: Mm -hmm.
4: that make it super inconvenient. You need so many extra explosives.
3: Yeah, I've also, I've had a few bugged placements with the one that's like the City of Sarn type layout with the stairways. I've had a few placements that are really awkward there where I I've, I've planned out the route and then when I go to place the explosives they interact really weirdly with the stairs. It's like the it's like they can't handle almost like the vertical difference and so I've had to actually replan a couple routes on that but other than other than that the out, outdoor ones are are really nice.
0: And then when you uh, go into the logbook after you pick the layout what are your your priority rewards that you go for? Sure, you're going mo- mostly for runic monsters, but is there any any league-specific
2: chests that you feel are worth picking more than others? Say Essences or Abyss or Heist?
4: Oh. Mm. Uh, go ahead. So I will go for currency chests. I will go for anything that's along the way ...that is tied to the current League Mechanics, so Expedition Chests. But of the other League Mechanics, not really. Delirium's the only one that I go for, and even then, it's kind of a, I'm not going to go out of my way for it. I just like to hit it if I can within the radius.
3: Yeah, I, I'm sure that I'm doing it not quite. I, I tried to pick this nice mix of like a, an efficient layout and stuff when I plan. So I actually, when I go in, the first thing that I do is I pulled up like a, I'll either use the snip tool or a screenshot and I'll take a screenshot of that, that uh, the map overlay. And then as I go through and check the remnants, I only ever have to check them once because as I check them, I just use that little editing and, and make like a little mark on the remnants I want to hit. And then when I'm done with it, I've got this nice little route and I just run the route. I don't specifically target many of the reward chests other than currency i have noticed i'm sure uh kind of like what balor was saying with the logbooks i'm sure it's like just a bias thing but i have felt like legion and uh breaches have dropped at least in 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 logbooks for me it seemed like they have dropped a lot more of the most valuable ones like i've gotten a lot of uh, chayula stacks that seem like i'm getting them a lot more i've gotten a lot of the I always mix up the um, the 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 two best uh, Legion splinters. I feel like I've gotten those a lot more out of the chess and logbooks, so I have a little bit more prioritized them. Um, but yeah, I've got a, a fairly high amount of uh, Chayula and is it Mariketh splinters out of those? So,
0: I think Mariketh and Eternal are the rare ones, right? Yep. Yep. Templar and
4: Mariketh. Tem- Tem- Eternal is yep. Templar.
0: Okay. Right. Thanks. What do you feel about the, the different league specific rewards that you could go for in the logbook I, I
2: Honestly, I just haven't run
1: enough logbooks to really know.
0: How many did you run?
1: Uh, I dunno, maybe 10 total.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, I've got so like another,
0: year.
2: I've got like another 40 on me. Um, I was running them today, uh, like in the
1: afternoon and I'm going to, I'm going to keep running them after this and then more tomorrow until I've run them all and actually know what I like. What I will say about logbooks is that they're just the most fun. They're better than every other thing that I've had to do in a league. Yep. Like running breach stones or even building my synthesis map, even especially going to harvest and having to set up my own fucking garden. Um, The breach maps, like every, it's better than all of those things. I just I'm just enjoying them more. That's that's really the only thing. I haven't even addressed like I haven't even figured out how profitable they are to run other people have and I've watched those videos and I've to- chosen to just believe them and not record anything. Uh because that just I don't know that just seems like a lot of work and I'm just really having fun running them so I'm just going to keep running them.
4: <laughs> yeah, about all I did for recording is before Grim released his video, I had started to track some loot because I was going to make a video. Then I saw his, and I was like, oh, well, he's using the same method I was going to. Now I don't have to make this, and I just stopped and went back to having fun. <laughs>
1: yep. I just They're really good. I, I'm positive there are still some people around who have a few logbooks but have just been sticking to maps and are, like, scared to run them because they're like, oh, these logbooks are, like, 50C, and what if I don't make 50C? And then, like, what if I'm not doing it re- just... Stop worrying about it. And, like, I'm a huge, like, is this profitable person? So that coming from me should encourage people to just run them. Don't worry about the profit loss. They're actually fun. Like, if, if you've, you're also, you're probably not going to lose profit. Just aim for the giant skulls on sticks yep. and just yep. have a good time.
0: Yeah, and the, and the underground areas and the bosses that you can free there. Obviously, that, that, I think yep. the bosses are to be prioritized over everything else, right? Like, yep. if you set up a logbook, you definitely want seen the boss yet. somewhere yep. in the explosion yep. chain.
4: Ideally, no as boss. early as possible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 If I see yeah. one, I'm headed directly for it. <laughs> oh, right,
0: yeah. because all the modifiers stack up and buff uh-huh. the boss. Yep.
4: Yeah, I made that mistake with... You know, I'm going to go look up his name. I, have, I, I did one
0: boss, and that was Medved. The M-E-D-V-E-D guy. Uh, and it was in, a, I think, 71, 72, one of the logbooks that I got early on. And I made the mistake of, like, just randomly alking the thing. I was like, oh, it's going to be fine because I hadn't had a boss before. <laughs> and I had, I think, one increased damage and one physics extra on it. And <laughs> and I almost died to Medved. He, like, chunked me for 90% of my life with one hit. <laughs> and since then, I've just carefully dancing around him. And obviously, Cold Dog <laughs> made it easy, but...
1: Should we not be rolling those? You I'm still outing them to like Roll, 90 oh,
0: plus quant. Like absolutely, math. you want yes. the quant, but yeah. like, don't, don't, don't stack the extra damage modifiers and don't don't get vulnerability on it and stuff like that. Especially That's if you can't log figure. out. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: Look, I'm what, good. I paid for six portals. I'll use six portals. I don't care.
4: <laughs> so when I encountered Alroth, I had not read things in that map. I looked. Is there yellow text? Nope. No yellow text. I did not read the actual mods. Needless to say, he could one-shot me if he hit me. I still did the fight. It was not deathless, but it took 17 minutes because he was also highly resistant to all damage. So, if you only read the reward part of the mods, make sure to do the boss early.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, also, I just saw the uh, yeah, exactly. good, good for pointing that out. We should probably say that on the podcast as well, because people don't not everyone knows mm. that you can alk them, but also if you hover them with advanced mod highlights and you press your highlight button, you can see that there's actual role ranges on the on the increased number of things. For the different regions, the increased number of runic monster markers, the increased uh, uh, explosives and stuff like that, those have roll ranges and they are implicit mods on the logbooks, so you want to use your blessed orbs on them to maximize them. I think something like increased number of runic monster markers rolls between 10% and 40%, so the difference can be yeah, some huge. huge roll. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's also why blessed orbs are significantly more expensive than they used to be. Like normally, I'd have three or four hundred blessed orbs, and I would never even bother to sell them. They're like, they're like one and a half to a chaos, like they' They're more expensive than fuses right now. It's because of logbooks.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it also has to do with. I mean, we have the same with scours. It's just like ultimatum was just handing you out so much raw currency per right. encounter. Like every ultimatum in every map was on average like five to eight chaos return. I feel. And now you just don't have that anymore. The closest that you get to that is uh, you know, haggling with Tujin and getting a random stack of some currency, but I feel they really reduce the amount of uh, Scours that you get from him specifically compared to Ultimatum. I don't know how many Blesseds you get from him. I don't remember when I last had Blesseds, but I do get a solid amount of Chaos, Fuse, Jewelers, val Orbs and stuff like that. I've been enjoying that especially because in SSF, right, you can't trade with other people for yeah. so that first. But also, I really don't like having to zone into Act 10 Town or Epilogue Town in order to just do the normal rate conversion between like oh, yeah. chance orbs and scourings. It just is annoying when you need like just one scour to change a craft on an item and you don't have it and you have to go through two load screens in order to get it. And instead, just haggling
2: with 2 is just so refreshing.
4: On that note, I will say I do have one complaint about Logbooks and the League as a whole, which is it has the same problem as in Delirium League. Simulacrums are just, it's a better way to get certain things from other Leagues. For example, you can get way more ritual splinters from running Logbooks (laughs) than from doing actual rituals. You can get way more fossils haggling with Tugin than you can Delvey you can get hundreds more fossils per hour well actually i guess hundreds is a little of... you can get about 100 fossils per hour haggling with tujin on top of all the currency stuff if you're delving you might still get those fossils but you will get nothing else with it so, so just, if I,
3: just a, a slight like slightly contrarian view on that so i i would agree in the sense that i think Outside of the actual league content of a league, I think it should be in general harder to get uh, that league specific stuff with the exception of the current challenge league. I think, like when it comes to delve, the two best ways to get delve things should be you should be almost unable to get them outside of delve, but also the challenge league. i I don't like the idea that you can get almost like ten times more from the challenge league, but I think, I, I like that each challenge league has uh like a focus on getting um like every type of reward. Like I like that about logbooks, but I do agree that you can get way more from logbooks than from doing the specific league content. Like way more. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm just I'm just not so against it. I I said the same thing on the last podcast. I think mm-hmm. this is whatever whatever league we're currently in should be the most profitable thing to do. Sure.
0: Overall I agree it should overall it should be the most rewarding thing that you should you can do and you shouldn't be punished for exclusively engaging with whatever league is up right now by not getting other league specific rewards at all but I don't think that the current league mechanics should devalue completely specking, like full-on maximizing other leagues like say if you want right. resonators and fossils you should be getting the most of them by specializing into delve and mainly running delve and you shouldn't feel punished for doing that because you would get way more fossils and resonators from engaging with expedition and all the other stuff on top you should the, the only punishment should be that overall the current league mechanic is more rewarding so you know you're taking a slight hit but sure you specialize in one specific reward
1: Here's the thing, though. I think I think it is like that. Yes, you can pick up 100 fossils in an hour just sitting at the vendor, but none of them will be the good fossils. You're not going to get fractured fossils. You're not going to get the um, whatever vile implicit making fossil thing is called. You don't get any resonators.
0: Um, <laughs> at least like, if you haggle wrong, you're not getting the prime resonators. Wow. Well, <laughs> so,
1: uh, you can occasionally get a Prime Resonator, but you're not going to get Resonators enough to do
4: fossil crafting. Like- it is true. Yeah, you don't get regular Resonators. In terms of rare fossils, I haven't gotten any from the current League mechanic. Back in Delirium League, I got several of the rare fossils from Cycle oh, yes. and I got enough um, Sanctified fossils. I've gotten five or six, which is more than I'd get Delving normally. I've gotten more four-socket resonators when I get delving normally. That makes me think you can get them. They are just exceedingly rare.
1: But they so they changed that structure though. Like what two leagues back, was it or one league back? They were like, you'll still be able to get side mechanic stuff from other things, but the best rewards will never come for there. For instance, you will never see a gold. You should at least never see a golden oil. And maybe never even a silver. I don't know how far that goes, but definitely not a gold. I there are got a oils gold in, in my logbook.
4: There.
1: You can get a gold in logbook. Ooh.
4: Unless now, I according- somehow misremembering and I somehow accidentally combined it in my tab. Yes, because I had one in my tab, and I have not gotten it from Blight.
1: So, according to like their like statement on it, is that the very best reward from each thing should be exclusive to that thing. And, and I approved of that change. So in theory we should never see a golden oil. You should never see a fractured fossil, for instance. Right? Like those are things you just shouldn't get outside of the exact thing they're
4: coming yeah. from. But all of the lesser rewards, those can show up. Yeah, I think for oil it could be because tainted oil is the highest tier now. Ooh. Maybe. Again, or maybe I did misclick in my tab. I know I've definitely gotten other oils. I'm pretty sure I got the gold from a logbook though.
2: Hmm. It could be that tainted oils are the highest now. Maybe.
1: But that would be weird. If that's the case, I I, I would I would I would make the decision to, to make that golden oils as well that don't show up. It just makes sense. Like I don't I like that the current league should be able to give me a decent spattering of everything, but I, I do like the idea that the very best reward comes only from actually focusing on that content.
0: Right? Especially with oils, you can 3-4-1 them, so if you only can get silver oils, you can still get three silver oils and then trade them into a golden if you want to. Yeah, sure.
1: yeah but, then, but then if you want knee goldens to drop, you have to go and do blights. Right? And that, that makes sense. I like that. The temple's covered pretty well in that, right? Because you can get the rare pieces or the mods to drop, but if you want to get a double corruption, you're not getting that outside of the temple. So, like, it's fine. But other things have that, that sort of
2: small problem.
4: Yeah, I think Delve's the one that's affected the most because you kind of have to give up every other aspect of the game to get good rewards from Delve. Mm, with that is the true. amount of yeah. fossils that are being dropped by the League Mechanic. It's like, you don't play Path of Exile, you play Path of Delve.
1: It's true. If you, if you want to make actual profit out of
2: Delve, it's the only thing you can do. You just have yep. to go delving all day.
4: Which I don't love, by the way. That's way too much time into one mechanic. <laughs> yeah, I would have much rather that the League mechanic, just theoretically speaking, dropped less fossils... But low level delving dropped more fossils, so you mm-hmm. could casually delve, still yep. get decent rewards for it, and not have to just play Path of Delve.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, would, I would agree.
3: It's still weird to me that Delve is like the only Pass league mechanic that's like actively announced and tracked in global chat, too. <coughs> But that's, that, that's a separate thing. I feel like that disincentivizes people from starting to delve when they see, oh, I'm at delve 40, and the top guy's at 12,000 already. It's very strange to me to see that displayed. Well, Counterpoint, look- they
5: should
1: be disincentivized because unless you're going to a 1,000-plus, it's yeah. not actually worth anyone's time, at least in that's a fair. trade scenario.
0: Yeah they did significantly buff the loot that you get behind fractured walls. I go for fractured walls between 100 and 200. I get decent fossils, currency drops, maybe not as rewarding overall from like per time invested as expedition or other league mechanics, but it certainly doesn't feel like a huge waste of time to me. I'm sure it's better in solo self found. Yeah.
1: I'm sure you have a much easier time now in solo self found getting a spattering of the lower fossils to be able to craft your own shit. (laughs) But yeah. for us, those are half a chaos each. And yeah. I'm not, that is not worth anyone's time to go in and get, unless you're going deep enough that you start getting like tons of it. And yeah, then also resonator. tons of Azerite to get Resonators. And then the good fossils hidden in play. Unless you're doing that, don't bother. I go into Delve Every League the exact amount that most people in Trade League should, which is I go in enough to get my color and socket crafts, and then I never visit
4: again. that's it. Oh, see, I hunt for Crystal Kings, and then I'm just sad every league. So I stopped doing it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh. On another note, have you guys noticed in the most recent patch, they they buffed Gwennon
0: to give you more more, um, rare uniques on average? I heard the uh, Grimroll pull the oh, headhunter uh, out of Grenon. I heard the uh, Steel Mage get a soul taker after the changes.
3: So, I, I spent I was got nothing. Yeah, I, I was going for all I wanted to do was finish the challenge. That was it. I wanted eight uniques in the different categories. It took me 164 rerolls to get eight <laughs> uniques. 11 hours <laughs> later they announced that they were buffing the unique drop rate of Gwenin and I was like I'm never rerolling Gwenin again ever. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I sell all my Gwennon stuff and I hide the common and lesser artifacts on my filter.
3: Yep.
5: Ooh.
2: Yeah, I, I like going for it. I just, I mean, obviously I, I in SSF I don't have anything else to do with the currency. I
0: like to pick it up. I don't know, because I'm a sucker for picking up things. Uh, although that that's maybe a topic that we can quickly go over while we still have time is uh, the the enormous outrage over 20 different league currency you have like four different npcs each one of them has like a lesser a common a greater a grand artifact which all t- together take like eight inventory slots if you get all the different ones and then you have the reroll currency so nine and then if you have if you do four Zones while leveling in a row without going back, then you potentially have like nine times four, thirty-six inventory slots occupied with the league stuff, and that's like more than half of inventory slots that you actually have available. Um, and then on top of that, you can actually you can actually stash them via the NPC, so it feels like. Don't get me wrong. Oh, what do I want to say? Is like, I appreciate that they. Weight is a, is a key term that comes up always here. They want people to feel the weight of the drops. But I feel like if the drop is not something that is, like is... I'm not restricted by the size of the items in terms of how many I can take out of a map because I can directly put them into the stash from the map anyway. I, f- I feel like they don't need to be drops. I mean, I, I personally don't mind a lot, but I kind of do see the point of the people who do because it, it just... Why
2: do I need to feel the weight if if I can directly stash them anyway? What is your position on that No one wants so, to go shack well
0: uh,
3: it's it's I understand it, and i've i've had the only time I've ever taken a break from playing path of exile has been because i was in 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 ritual, I was in enormous wrist pain after about two months of ritual and I literally could not play. I took the only time I've ever tried out another ARPG was when I played last epoch because my, my wrist was hurting so bad. So I completely understand and sympathize with it. Um, I, we, I mean, we have like precedents. We have metamorph organs are the obvious one. Um, I was thinking about this the other day, blueprint, blueprint reveals from heist to me are another example of like something I've never even considered that is automatically tracked like gained and tracked um it's a little bit weird because those aren't tradable but yeah, still you can't the itemize is, them I,
0: I think a better example right. would be beast and beastery which right. are automatically picked up and automatically right, exactly. go into a thing and you can itemize oh. them afterwards in order to trade them away
3: yeah so it, it just i i do like you said I, I there is the ability to stash them mid-map because you have the expedition locker access but still it's frustrating more in terms... For me, this league is frustrating more in terms of the inventory space being completely taken up. Like, I've used... Probably in the first two weeks of the league, i probably used more portal scrolls than I have in, like, entire previous leagues playing two or three months. So, just from yep. needing to go back and stash stuff.
2: So, to, to, to me, there were two
1: or three, super, three... There was three super obvious ways that I think this should have gone. I don't actually think we should be picking them up the way we're picking them up. I think it's bullshit. Um I'm okay with the amount that we have. Um I was a little bit iffy on that and then they put a post out explaining why there were so many and I read through it and then really thought about it and was like, you know what? I'm actually on board. There should be that many it makes sense. But here's the thing. I shouldn't have to pick up 27 different stacks of it in a single map. So there's a few options. One I think at the end of the explosion chain when you kill the last mob, which they already track because they trigger it, it could drop everything that was going to be there and there'd be one stack of graders, one stack of this, and one stack of whatever and you'd be like, oh, I got 250 of them and 170 of them and 9 reroll tokens. That was an excellent map. Like That was an excellent leaving mecha- and there'd be 3 clicks to pick them up off the floor. And So that's, that's one way to do it. That's one obvious solution that I would have preferred. Especially, by the way, we shouldn't have to click on the fucking chests that we explode with dynamite. How many, how many people have exploded a chest with dynamite in the world ever and then had to open it? No, I blew it up. It doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Anyway, that's a different thing. Um, <laughs> the next thing is talking to the person. There could just be a button that says stash all so that I don't have to open up the stash and then click nine, t- nine different items in my inventory, find them in between all the other assorted currency uh, and, and put them all away. They could at least just be a stack all button. It's just, boop, there they go. They're all in the thing. Or the third option is just have them automatically picked up and, and just still have them in the stash exactly the way they are. And I can pull them out if I want to and sell them, but they,
2: sh- they could just automatically go there. Any of those three would be great for me.
4: So I want to play devil's advocate here because I think there's value to having items that people do not want to pick up. Yes, there's a lot of stacks, but the fact that, let's just say, I hide Gwenan artifacts on my filter because to me, they are not worth the time to pick up. They are such a small fraction of the chaos orb means that they retain more value across all players. So unless an item is so good that every player, if that item drops in front of them, will always pick it up, there's value to being able to say, this is not worth my time to pick up, I'm going to hide it on my filter, and I'm just not going to see it. And in this case, with the League mechanic and with the different NPCs, I think this is one of the few mechanics that's well-designed around that idea. That maybe you're like me and you don't value Gwenin, so you just don't see and pick up most of her stuff, but maybe you value Tujin highly, so you see and pick up his stuff, and therefore you don't have to deal with
2: as much clicking and micromanaging. I understand that in theory because I hide a lot of stuff on my normal filter, obviously.
1: I, I don't: I don't think that should be a thing that happens to league mechanic stuff
0: especially during the league it's in. Well, but I do see the point that for someone who's only starting out in the league right now, someone who's more casual and doesn't min-max as hard, they retain value for them to pick up and then sell in the economy. So they, the people who don't play as fast and don't have that highly min-maxed approach have an easier time making currency by picking up those things that other people leave lying on the ground because they retain value over the course of the league in the economy.
1: Sure, but then the ones that are expensive... that players like Tanky are going to pick up anyway, those are going to remain full value regardless. And your new, casual, or slower player would still just be able to pick up the stack of 380 instead of 32 stacks of 15.
2: But
4: then they couldn't sell them. There's been nothing in PoE that is both auto pickup and tradable.
2: Okay. But there should be. It should be this. I mean, these, these are as close as we get, but I also think there's
3: that 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 also is just it makes even a, a further gap between newer players or just more casual players and like the top players, because now the newer players are more incentivized to go slower and pick up even more stacks, whereas the the faster players are just picking up less and less and less and going faster and faster and faster. And to make up some of that currency gap, then the new players have to go, oh, I got to pick up each individual splinter, each individual stack of things because it makes me have just a little bit extra currency. I don't know. It it
2: just feels bad. Yeah, I don't know. My favorite of all of the solutions is still when that last mob trigger happens. One drop at the NPC... They don't the even need to be all stacked, but just incursion style
0: that it all drops in one location instead of me having to go back and forth to five, six, seven, eight different spots where the tiny little things dropped.
1: I mean, I'd definitely prefer it in one stack because I don't like clicking. Everyone but does. But... I would I would settle for a little like Alva style circle of just okay, here's the garbage you just got during that thing. All here for you. There you go. To would, save inventory space. Be okay.
3: They save inventory space for all the splinters. Just do it like, uh, like they have mystery boxes. Just put them all inside a little box that you can, when you control-click it into your expedition locker, all of a sudden it goes, oh, this one had 2 reroll currencies and this many of each splinter, and then you don't have to take up all that inventory space. Just put it all together in a little box.
4: Yeah, I don't mind the inventory stuff. I mean, maybe it's just me, but I only use about a third of my inventory in most maps anyway. unless it's nemesis currency, maybe that's just me and Balor. But in terms of yeah. stacking or not, I wouldn't mind them stacking more. I just think that auto pickup would be a big problem, because auto pickup means it's not going to be tradable, and that destroys innate value in the item. And we can argue, you know, well, what if it was? Well, what if you could convert fire damage to cold damage? That's just not how GGG has designed their game, and I don't think it's productive to argue things that they just don't do. Beasts
1: auto pick up, and I can trade them to characters.
4: Beasts were not auto pick up originally, and you still have to kill the monster. So I don't really think that's an item. Beasts were never an item. These
1: these are not auto auto pick up originally now, and I would still have to kill the mobs. They're an item.
4: (laughs) They are an item then. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: but they, but they don't have to. You see that it's just like one step. It's just like one little tiny step away from now. It's to a be slippery fair, that's slope. That's not though. my favorite way. I a do, I do still want to slope. pick them up off the floor. I mm. do still actually feel like that, even though I wear compression gloves and my hands hurt. I do still feel like items having weight in the floor is a valid argument. I do still want to pick them up. I just don't want to pick up thirteen stacks here and then twelve stacks there and then five stacks over there and then six more up there. That's annoying, and I don't want to do it.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to take a guess at the optimal number, you know, should it be a stack of 150 or 500 or whatever. I'm just going to say that, yes, I'm in favor of them being stacked. I'm not in favor of auto pickup. That's fine.
0: Yeah, those are all some very, very fair takes that I can get behind. Honestly, like that that's the topic where I can really understand all different perspectives the most, where I'm not where I'm not thinking that one party is more reasonable than the other. But um, just to summarize my thoughts real quick, because I, I'm not sure how well I did bring my point across, it's like all the picking up, yeah, understand why items have weight. And I do understand that from from GGG points of view and from the people who are in favor of it, the fact that you can directly stash them into the expedition stash from the map kind of alleviates how bad it is. But for me, it makes it worse because it devalues the weight that the items have. If I can directly put them into the stash from there anyway, the only reason why they drop is to basically give me feedback of how rewarding the leak is and to make me see, oh, that something dropped instead of it just being a number that silently adds up in the background and to add more clicking, which, I'm not sure how I, how I feel about that. Like I don't really have a lot of problems. Luckily, this league with my, my fingers, outside of the right middle finger, that's always, but I just don't put a skill that I use very frequently onto the right mouse button with most builds anymore. I just use my guard skill or something like that there um, if I don't get it triggered. But to, to sum up the entire expedition talk, let's just... Ask the last two questions together in combination. If nothing changes, how long do you see yourself playing the League still? And are there any improvements that you would still like to see being made to the League? As, you know, we've seen a lot of changes and there's likely going to be another patch or two. What are some of the things you would like to see? And whether they
2: change or not, we don't know. But how long would you still play the League? I'll go for it. Alright, uh, honestly if there are no more changes at this point I'll probably play right up until the normal end for me which is about two weeks before. I normally have like a
1: like a week, week and a half break and then I come back for like three or four days to practice league starts. And I think that normal, that it'll, it'll last the whole normal duration that it does for me. I, the most fun I've had in a while. It's the best league we've had in a while. It's the best state of the game we've had in a very long
2: time. Um, I, I'll, I'll be here. And in Solo Self-Found at the end, hating myself because I can't stop until I get to Shaper.
0: I'm looking forward to your video series on that.
2: It's going to take like six or seven days to do that in Solo Self-Found. Six or seven days th- off. Endless fun. Yeah. Maybe enjoy. It's normally like a two day journey. I don't know. I don't know. I have no concept of how long that's going to
1: take. Actually, that's, that's complete bullshit. What came out of my mouth was just complete bullshit. I have no concept.
3: it's <laughs> well, great no to, take, to take. I was going to say, I was going to be impressed if you did it in cheaper in like six, seven days. <laughs> I had to think about it while I was saying it. and I'm like, nah, that's bullshit. I have no idea how long it'll take me. I I don't know what the hell I'm doing.
1: I don't even know if I'll get out of white (laughs) mats.
4: In softcore solo self-found, I could see Shaper in six days being reasonable. Hardcore solo self-found, only for really experienced.
1: Nah, I'm I'm doing softcore still. I didn't suddenly get better at the game.
4: (laughs) 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 Then... I mean, it's not that unreasonable as long as you have a build that's made for rushing to shaper.
3: Yeah. Uh, so in terms of if if nothing else changes, genuinely, I'm. I think I said this before. I'm happy with the leak. I'm having, like Balor said, this is the most fun I've had in potentially ever. Um, I the cold dot problems are solved, and I'm going to be starting. To, well, I guess technically tomorrow now because you woke me up in early morning. Uh so technically tomorrow on Sunday, I'll be um, I'll be rerolling into SSF. I, I only really played trade league this league because I wanted to make sure that the build was still viable, you know, viable for all the people that use the guide. So I'll be starting SSF uh, in a couple of days here and plan on playing that pretty much the rest of the league. I, I typically play right up until the end anyway, and I, this is definitely going to be no different because I'm having just an unbelievable amount of fun. So.
2: And
3: yeah.
0: uh,
4: how is it for you, Tanky? Well, for me, it's really complicated because on the one hand, I'm having a ton of fun with a league. and On the other hand, I'm just looking at the end of August and looking at the game releases and going, but how can I not play these things and when will I have time? So I almost feel like what I'm going to do is play until around the end of August, take a break to play some other games, and then come back and mess around a bit before the next league. Come just Inter- throw yourself phone with me. Never.
1: No, I need <laughs> someone else who hates it as much as me so we can bitch at each
0: other.
4: Never. It's a terrible idea. I'm not looking that, forward to it at all. That's a way to make me skip a
0: P.O.E. league. <laughs> well, well, Shaq is going to do SSF, he said.
3: Uh, I love it. I keep, yeah, but I'm, but I'm like oh, okay, actually. I, I only play trade league when I have to like do stuff for the guide. No, I'm, I'm SSF all the way. i literally yeah. never done it. No. At, no.
4: <laughs> In terms of <laughs> changes that I would like to see, or I think need to happen. I'd really, really like to see more color highlights on the mods for remnants. I don't care what sort of pattern they follow, but something other than immunities are yellow and everything else is blue.
2: Super, super big points. Yes. If they just give me a UI yep, with like three color options and they let me pick them
1: or like maybe you even can make
2: symbols these, you can make these yeah. white yellow or black or something like that i, I don't care
1: fucking so pick whatever color the hell you want
0: symbols um, to the different mods similar to how we had them in ultimatum where like, you know the, immune to cold has like a, 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 a you know a forbidden sign with like a, the cold symbol and, and so on right like everything has like a, a, a symbol that is instantly recognizable and you're like okay that's that mod i don't even need to read it
3: I would really like that. I would actually argue... I, I think that the what happened in Ultimatum, which was where you could just basically not even read the mods once you knew which ones were okay for you, I think they're purposefully trying to avoid that and making them all the same color at least makes you theoretically have to look at them depending on your build. So I think they, they very likely don't want us doing that, but I would love that change.
1: But that's That's a terrible thought, though, because it's not like yeah. we never made the decision of which one to pick. Yeah, We just quickly associated which ones were okay with the symbols, yeah. and that just made was, it smoother.
4: Yeah, which was part of the design intent. I remember, I think it was Chris talking about it in the reveal, that they picked distinct symbols for each of the things so that you wouldn't have to read the mods every time. And yeah. so I don't know why they went backwards on that. I guess maybe this is a tinfo hat theory tinfo the hat theory is this league was meant to be d2 it's the most d2 poe we've seen in a very long time immunities were brought back we got frozen orb and so i almost wonder if that was kind of because they were designing it to feel more like an old game but it doesn't work that well forgot
0: mm-hmm. to mention gambling yeah,
4: yeah gambler too oh yeah yep. and i gambling him a lot of the elements work well. That specific one does not work well, in my opinion.
3: That's fair. Fair. Yeah.
4: I don't have
0: anything to add. Like, I, I think that's a very good point with the uh, with the uh, symbols for or some clearer communication for the mods because it feels like a step backwards from Ultimatum where we also gave them a lot of praise for the clear communication of how the Ultimatum mods work. Mm-hmm. And... Um, a lot of new players I've seen had problems with feeling like they can damage the monsters or they they get randomly one-shot, like we talked about with the low-life mod, and just having a little bit more clear indication of what's going to happen, a little bit something that catches the eye more than, than a random dump of 20 lines of text in the end. That, that would, would go a long way, but personally I'm also having a lot of fun And I can't see myself stopping to play the league other than for Battle Royale on the weekends, which is going to increase the lifetime of the league for me as well because that's time that I don't spend progressing in HCSSF, but that's time that goes out of my playtime. So, you know, like four or five weeks in will be only four weeks in because I spent one week in Royale. And um, then other than that, I also am looking forward to the private leaks that are coming up. Uh, Badger private League comes to mind. Uh, Zizzerin's Gauntlet will be happening at some point next month. And I think end of next month, uh, I think that's a good point that you brought that up, other game releases. There's the D2 Resurrected. That's probably going to be occupying a little bit of time. I'm not sure whether I'm going to go into it, but I'm certainly going to watch other people. And I'm certainly going to observe that closely. And
1: There's one other tiny little thing that they did really 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 well last league and completely flipped the script on this league as well which I'm not super pleased about which is just party play last league if there were two or three of you in a map you were all interacting with league mechanic in a meaningful way and making choices and they did it super smoothly and super quick and it was all indicated with symbols and you knew that so many party members had voted on these different things and then and then if they were even votes, it just randomized between the two. It, would just, it was all done so well in this one. Not only can I not even really tell what the hell my, the map owner has chosen, but I have no input whatsoever. There is no party play.
4: That reminds me of something else from this league that feels like a regression and really annoys me. I find that there's absolutely no reason to ever go back to a league mechanic that does not pause the rest of your map. Because it is so stupid Mm -hmm. to die to something off-screen because you were reading your League mechanic. Like, it happened once so far this League. And I'm pretty sure I would have uninstalled if I was playing HC because I would have been like, no, I was reading the League mechanic. I was trying to play the game. I shouldn't be dying to something that's off of my sight line because the literal UI is blocking it Mm because I was talking to the NPC and one of the baronite mobs just shotgunned me to death. Like, if I was looking at my screen, I would have seen it. But I wasn't. I was reading the league mechanic and reading the lore.
2: Yep, that's fair.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's a great note to close on because that's not even specific to this league. That's just an overarching problem in Path of Exile, I feel. And um, it was
4: uh, fixed last league really yeah. well.
0: Yep. And <laughs> fixed the league
4: before. Ritual also completely fixed that.
1: Yep. Yep. Without freezing the map either, they were just like, yep. you know what? Only
2: this. This yeah. is all you've got. <laughs>
4: So it's been fixed for two leagues and now we have a regression.
2: Yep, that's fair. All right. I love banging out all the negative points right at the end. Perfect (laughs) (laughs)
1: playstand.
2: Well, I mean,
0: we can repeat how much we're enjoying the league and how how long we're still going to play. Uh, to end on a positive note. But I think another positive note to end on would be, I think this was an excellent episode. I think we covered all the topics that we set out to cover. And I think we provided some great and valuable feedback and hopefully some insight to the viewers and like what we think about the league and how we approach the league mechanic. And if you guys would like to have more insightful content, then I would recommend you go to a twitch.tv slash central to check out Shack whenever he's streaming, I think three days per week. Is it currently? Yep. Yep. And of course the excellently written build guide cold dot for everyone. Make sure to also go to youtube.com slash tanky. That's T E N K. K-I-E-I, where you can find a lot of Path of Exile-related content and interesting videos on other games. And also, you do one stream per
4: week? Yes, on Tuesdays around 3 p.m. Eastern.
0: Excellent. And if you haven't seen Mage yet, then also twitch.tv slash Mage, where uh, you do daily streams every day. Hardcore, 10-plus hours. Yep. Hardcore and softcore. Hardcore. All day, every day. And there's (laughs) probably going to be a lot more content uh, also coming for the YouTube.
2: uh, I'll I'll
0: post the the names again in in the chat in a second. Um, But I'll also post them under the video and under the description for the podcast uploads on the different platforms. If you haven't been able to catch the podcast from the start, it will be uploaded in full on my YouTube. That's youtube.com slash C-A-T-M-A-S-T-E-R-O-P. And it is also on Spotify, Deezer, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the, all the possible podcast apps where you could find a podcast. And uh, the next episode will be two hours later than our usual start time. Today What two hours earlier. And uh, that, that's going to be, what is it? I think 12 p.m. GMT. And we're going to be joined by Balor Mage again, as well as... Suit size small, who is the sole or uh, yeah, sole runner of lab layouts for uh, poelab.com, which you should definitely check out. Very variable, valuable resource for new players and old players alike to see the daily lab layouts and learn about the different Azara mechanics. And of course, we're going to have Slippery Jim 8, who is a fellow Australian, basically a neighbor of Balor Mage, and uh, he does a lot of. Actually. Uh, a lot of uh, um, spreadsheet videos where he farms like a lot of content and tells people the results in a very, very uh, unique way. I would would say Mm. definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of humor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks everyone for joining. Thanks uh, Balor, Shaq and Tanky. You did excellently. And thanks to the live
2: audience. We'll see you in uh, seven days from now. And until then, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.